Two Ezras, also known as Fourth Ezra, is a huge puzzle piece for understanding the end times. It was included in the 1611 King, King James, the 1520 and the 1599 Geneva Bibles, and was quoted by our Savior himself, Yahusha HaMashiach. Join us as we conduct a Berean study that is a line-by-line -line approach to this book that confirms the scriptures we are versed in and expounds on concepts not previously understood. This is the unsealing, prophecy revealed in the last times. Welcome, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard and Christian Truthers live stream. My name is Adam Fink, your host, joined here as always with Brother Justin from Christian Truthers. Shabbat Shalom. I'm really here this time. <laughs> we are excited. We, uh, <clears throat> Some of you that were with us uh, during the week, we were doing some testing on another uh, software. We haven't quite got all the kinks out, so we're back on Google Hangouts, but looks like we've got the problem handled, so praise Yah, and uh, if y'all can maybe just say a quick prayer to um, just make sure Yah protects the technology so we can get through this book. But Justin, I mean, I think you already know how excited I am, and for any of you that have followed this channel for any 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 length, you know that I've got a heart for Second Ezra. So I was telling uh, I was telling uh, someone earlier that like my three favorite books is Matthew, the Book of Matthew, Isaiah, and then Second Ezra. This is uh, definitely my favorite book outside of the canon, and for a lot of reasons, uh, Justin. You know, there's a couple things in here that's really exclusive to this text. Um, for example, which which actually we're gonna go in, we're gonna go, uh, get into this tonight, this concept, but. This book has the biggest missing piece to the 144,000, who they are, why they're sealed, uh, what they do in the world, and we'll get all into all that a little bit later. So obviously a huge topic that a lot of us are very interested in. So this book is like a key, key piece to understanding the 144,000. It has some of the most beautiful words from Yahuwah. It's honestly, it's it, it reminds me a lot of Job when Job was asking like the hard questions, right? Uh, well, Ezra asks the very same, not the very same questions, but very similar questions. And just the answers, honestly, it just fills in so many holes for a lot of us. Um, a couple other things, you know, what happens to someone as soon as they die? Like, we don't get that in the canon. Like, you know what I mean? Like what, like what is the process? Like when someone dies, when their spirit leaves their body, like what happens? We get to find that out in this book. We won't get to that tonight. That'll probably be uh, next week or the following week. I think it's in uh, it's the end of chapter seven. Um, we also get a bigger picture of the fourth beast, the Roman empire that was shown to the, the prophet Daniel. But in this book, it's in way more detail. And we're going to get that probably the last, uh, the last episode that's chapter, uh, oh, well, chapter nine and 10. So maybe in a few weeks, but, um, and also, you know, Justin, we, you and I have been talking, we've, we've said this many times to each other, go figure. This is one of the books that tells us that there's more books outside of right. the canon, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. And that's to me, to me, that's why I was so excited about covering this one, which there was two reasons why I was so excited about this one. And, uh, the first reason was, this is the first apocryphal book I read when I got this Sefer. Uh, well, you know what? I take that back. I read Enoch on my phone once, but when I got the Sefer, you know, Adam was like, bro, you have to start with second Ezra. You have to start with second Ezra. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll start with second Ezra. Um, and what I really love about this book is that this book was in fact, unquestionably in the 1611 KJV, uh, the Great Bible, the Bishop's Bible, the Matthew Tyndale Bible, a couple other Bibles, some Bibles in the 1500s. I think there's two in the 1500s that had it. Um, and you can look right into the the uh, index of the 1611 KJV and see that Second Ezra is there. So 
it takes away that that whole issue we have with some people who are like, hey, I don't know if we should read this. Is this really okay? Is this really scripture? Well, you know, it was considered scripture all the way until it was removed in the late 1800s. And when you start to read it, you see why it's just phenomenal. Like I said, it was the first truth study I ever did of an apocryphal text with it in my hands. And it just completely blew me away, changed my faith completely. I agree. I think this book is that big. And, and if, if you guys have not been in this book yet, uh, get ready. I mean, this is, this is probably, I want to choose my words. I want to choose my words, right. But honestly, in my opinion, this is one of the most important books right now that we can read to understand the end times. Now, of course, you know, nothing, in my opinion, nothing, um, outweighs the 66 book canon. You know, that is, that was made the way it was for, you know, for a reason. I believe that is like the foundation and anything outside of that, we have to test, uh, test by that, by that book, which, you know, we'll actually find this, uh, I believe in the end of chapter one. So very shortly we'll go over this. Uh, I, I was going to start the stream with this to, to, you know, give some, some, uh, peace of mind. Cause you know, if, if not, if knowing that if this was in the 1611 King James and the Geneva Bibles, you know, Tyndale Bible, if that's not enough for you, well, Yeshua, our, our savior quoted it verbatim, like almost nearly line by line. So, you know, when you see stuff like that, it's like, okay, you know, what are we even talking about here anymore? Let's, let's dive into this book. So, uh, but definitely a, a lot more connections, uh, to the scriptures with hard proof to show you that this is a, uh, this is inspired book. Whereas the book we just came out of, uh, Adam and Eve, that's something we had to just test line by line, you know, and, 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 confirm it by the scriptures alone rather than, you know, saying, Hey, it was here. It was there. It was fine. It was found here. It was uh, preserved this way. So, and the last thing about this book, which will definitely be the, the last night we, uh, the last week we do this, uh, chapters 15 and 16, in my opinion, I think has the biggest, the clearest description of the tribulation, uh, like in detail, like what happens to people and, uh, pretty gruesome, you know, pretty gruesome stuff. So, you know, while that's not exciting, you know, this is stuff we, I think we all need to know. And as Bereans uh, and as those that, you know, realizing uh, what the proverb says that, you know, it's it's the glory of Yah to conceal a matter, but it's what? It's the honor of kings, which, you know, if we're going to rule and reign with Christ as kings and priests, it's the honor of kings to search these matters out. So uh, it's an honor to search this book out with you right now. And uh, I think, you know, unless you've got anything, Justin, I think that's enough from us. Let's, uh, if you don't mind, kick us off with a little bit of prayer and let's just jump right into uh second. Oh, by the way, exciting tonight, exciting news. We're, we're the first time we're going to be, uh, we're going to be reading from uh, the Sefer and we're actually going to be able, we're going to be able to screen share the Sefer for you. So, uh, for those of you that have Sefer's at home, you'll be able to follow along, uh, word by word and, uh, all thanks to, uh, to brother Dave for that. So David, so thank you so much for, for helping out. Really appreciate it. Uh, and we actually got uh, permission from Dr. Dr. Pigeon. I, I contacted him to make sure that this was okay. And he's like, absolutely. So uh, big thanks to Dr. Pigeon for letting us uh, put this up. So anyway, anyways, um, Brother Justin, you want to get us kicked off? Yep. Let's get, let's get it started. <clears throat> Most high Yahuwah, Father, we come before you tonight with just great adoration and glory and hallelujah, Father, for you. We raise your name above all things in your son, Yahusha HaMashiach. Father, tonight we pray that you would give us guidance and understanding and wisdom. We pray that your Ruach would be with us, not just Adam and I, but also everyone who's watching this live and who watches this in the future. Father, we pray your spirit would be with them and give them understanding that your word 
would pierce our heart and soul and change our mind and apply to who we are and make us more conform to the image of your son. And it's in his name, Yahusha, we pray. Amen. Amen. So how about this? Because uh, these chapters are pretty long. It's not like Enoch and Adam and Eve were like, it's a couple sentences. So why don't you take the first half of chapter one? I'll take the second half of chapter one. Then you can take the first half of half of two and I'll take the second half of two. How does that sound? Sounds good. Yeah, sounds great. You got it, uh, you got it pulled up and ready? I do now. Awesome. Bam. Look at that. Look at that clean site. <laughs> clean. Thank you, David Courier. Yes, thank you so much. He uh, he's uh, in the fellowship in the Christian Truthers Fellowship. So shout out to you, Dave. Thanks, bro. All right, let me know when to stop. All right, this is Second Ezra, also known as Fourth Ezra, um, the Sefer edition, chapter one. The second Sefer of the prophet Ezra, the son of Seriyahu, the son of Azariyahu, the son of Chilkiyahu, the son of Shalom the son of Sadok, the son of Akituv, the son of Avishua, the son of Pinekak, the son of Eli, the son of Amariahu, the son of Azariahu, the son of Mirioth, the son of Buki, the son of Avishua, the son of Pinekak, the son of Eli El Azar. I just want to say something real quick, uh, yeah. just um, while we're on it. That one, actually, I'm gonna lock your screen back in. That one uh, name uh, was it with a, with a T, Zadok. Uh, that's that's actually Zadok. So he's uh, he's actually one of the descendants of Zadok. So I know that's been in the minds of many, especially searching out the the Zadok calendar. Um, so Ezra is one of the descendants of the the Zadok. Well, I guess that you can call it the Zadok way, or just the you know Zadokites or whatever have you. So just interesting point. Amen. Amen. All right. The son of Aharon, of the tribe of Levi, which was captive in the land of Madai in the reign of Artak Shasta, king of the Persian. <laughs> that's uh, that's Artaxerxes, uh, or um, you know, in the Hebrew, um, I believe it reads uh, is Ahasverosh. So lots of different names here. <laughs> yeah. but that's Artaxerxes. Gotcha. And the word of Yahuwah came unto me, saying, Go your way and show my people their sinful deeds and their children, their wickedness, which they have done against me, that they may tell their children's children, because the sins of their fathers are increased in them, for they have forgotten me, and have offered unto strange Elohim, which is lowercase g, gods. Am not I even he that brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim, Egypt, from the house of bondage? But they have provoked me unto wrath, and despised my counsels. Pull off then the hair of your head, and cast all evil upon them, for they have not been obedient unto my Torah, but it is a rebellious people. How long shall I forbear them, into whom I have done so much good? Many kings have I destroyed for their sakes. Pharaoh with his servants and all his power have I smitten down. All the nations have I destroyed before them, and in the east I have scattered the people of two provinces, even of Sor and Sidon, and have slain all their enemies. Speak therefore unto them, saying, Thus says Yahuwah, I led you through the sea, and in the beginning gave you a large and safe passage. I gave you Moshe for a leader, and Aharon for a priest. I gave you light for in a pillar of fire, and great wonders have I done among you. Yet have ye forgotten me, says Yahuwah. Thus says El Shaddai Yahuwah, the quails were as a sign unto you. I gave you tents for your safeguard. Nevertheless, ye murmured there. 
and triumph not in my name for the destruction of your enemies. But ever to this day do ye yet murmur. Where are the benefits that I have done for you? When ye were hungry and thirsty in the wilderness, did you not cry unto me, saying, Why have you brought us into the wilderness to kill us? It had been better for us to have served the Mitzrim than to die in this wilderness. Then had I pity on your mornings and gave you manna to eat. So ye did eat angels' bread. When ye were thirsty, did I not cleave the rock and waters flowed out to your fill? For the heat I covered you with the leaves of the trees. I divided among you a fruitful land. I cast out the Kenanim, the Perizim, the Pelishtim before you. What shall I yet do more for you, says Yahuwah? All right, go ahead and stop there. This is, uh, I think there's 40, 40 verses here, so I'll take that uh, second half. But, you know, a lot to be said here, you know, and, and when you look back at the whole the whole 40 years in the wilderness and everything that he really did for them, you know, it, it, when you add it up on a list like this, it's like, wow, you know, he really did so much for the Israelites and they all they did was whine and complain. And man, we should really use that as an example for our own, our own lives where, you know, when we have some struggle here or there, uh, let's, you know, let's focus on what he's done for us. I mean, uh, you know, we've said it many times, there's just nothing in this world, you know, that we really, care for other than his word you know and and obviously taking care of our families and whatnot so it's like regardless of what's going on you know look at look at the blessings he's done for us look at the world he's created for us while evil people run it right now it's just temporary and it's just a it's a vapor compared to what's to come you know yeah and even for us even for us you know we may not we may not have been there to experience these things ourselves even though our fathers and mothers did but i mean just the revelation that we've received of his existence when we live in a world that's controlled by uh you know scientism so to speak we could have so easily been wrapped up into all these other delusions that many are or are still wrapped up in just the very fact that he chose to reveal himself to us uh, to, uh, as his people not just that he's the creator um, but also that his that he sent his son to die on our behalf and, and to 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 be a, a atonement for us and draw us into his word so i mean Every little thing he's done for us, the fact that we even are able to read Second Esdras tonight here as a gathering from across the, the distance, that to me is just just as powerful, just as amazing. You know, what else should he what else does he need to do for us? You know, right, right, you're right. Like you know, we know that man does not live by bread alone, but by, by every word, you know, not just this, you know, it, it, he didn't say, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but only the 66 book canon, you know, no, he said every word in this is, this is, this is the word of Yahuwah. So you're right. This, you're right. This is an absolute blessing uh, because like you, uh, you know, what was it? The, how the West was lost, the great Bible heist, you know, after 1881, it was, it was gone from circulation. Very few people read this book. Very, very few people read this book. Mm -hmm. Probably, I mean, I'm just taking a guess, maybe less than 5%, you know, of believers probably read this book from then on, you know, so it definitely was a, a Bible heist, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. So yeah, good point. It's a blessing to even just be able to gather like this. It's a blessing to have you on, Justin, because <laughs> oh. the last two weeks has been such a letdown. I was like, oh man. It's a blessing to have a Cat6 cable running from my computer yeah. all the way across my house. <laughs> Yeah, which that changed that like changed everything. I uh, you know went from 80, 80 megabytes per second to four twenty. I was like, but I just switched into the cable instead of Wi Fi. So yeah. hopefully we should be good. But anyways, 
enough of the worldly stuff. Let's get back to the, the scriptures. And uh, I think we left off at 21. Is that right? Yeah, I read 21. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> oh, and I know the, the, you know, the one thing about the Sefer is some of these names, it's like, you're like, what, who is this? Right. So the Kenanim is the, is the Canaanites. The Perizim is the Perizites. And the Pelishtim, this is the Philistines right here. So to verse 22, thus says El Shaddai Yahuwah, when ye were in the wilderness in the river of Emorim, being athirst and blaspheming my name, I gave you not fire for your blasphemies, but cast a tree in the water and made the river sweet. What shall I do unto you, O Yaakov? You, Yahuda, would not obey me. I will turn me to other nations, and unto those will I give my name, that they may guard my statues. And I'm going to stop there real quick um, because interesting point of reference is, you know, this essentially is the parable of the vineyard in one in one verse. Uh, and I'm, I actually want to read it because, you know, especially because the name of this channel is Parallel of the Vineyard. I, I don't read this to you guys enough. Um, it, you know, there is, there's two, there's two parables that are called Parable of the Vineyard. You have the Parable of the Vineyard, which is the parable of the workers in the field. And then you have the Parable of the Vineyard, which is also called the Parable of the, uh, the Wicked Tenants. And that's the one that I call the Parable of the Vineyard. But let me, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to read some of this. Here, this is, again, this is essentially what we're talking about right here. It says that um, that he's going to give his his nation to another people, which essentially is, you know, opening up the, um, the ability, basically opening up the kingdom, opening up the vineyard to those that worship him in spirit and truth. So we'll go over that in just a second. But this is Matthew 21, starting at verse 33. Here, another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the, when the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them saying they will respect my son but when the tenants saw the son they said to themselves this is the heir come let us kill him and have his inheritance and they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him when therefore the owner of the vineyard comes what will he do to these tenants to those tenants this is the pharisees answering him so they even answered it right they said to him he will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their due season. When, you know, again, we need to always decipher scripture by scripture. And we, you know, we've read this so many times, so I'll just paraphrase for you guys. But Psalm 1 is your key for this. You know, what is, what is the fruit? And the fruit is is those that, that dwell and obey his law. That's the fruit. That's what he's always looked for. So, and we saw that earlier in, in this part of uh, Second Ezra that, why, why was he just why is he destroying or why did he destroy Sion? It's because they didn't follow his Torah, plain and simple. So Yeshua said unto them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was Yahuwah's doing, and it's marvelous in our in our eyes. And so here, this is what we're getting at right here. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of Yahuwah will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits, its fruits. So that's essentially what I'm getting at right here. Uh, I will yeah. turn me to other nations and unto those I will give my name that they may guard my statutes. So, of course, Yahushua came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Um, but afterwards, you know, the gospel was opened up to the nations. Go ahead, Justin. Amen. Yeah. Also, this immediately 
uh, reminded me of Isaiah 65 as well. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll just show that uh, part of it real quick. Um, so, you know, the idea that he would give his name to other nations, that's all throughout the, uh, the canon. But uh, specifically Isaiah 65 just popped right up for me. Um, you know, I am sought of them that asked not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. And actually, if you go down to uh, verse 15, he straight up says here, and ye shall leave your name for a curse unto my chosen. So literally, it's this idea that, you know, that that name's going to be stripped from those people and given to a new people, just as uh, Ezra is saying here. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a great point. That's, that's a excellent uh, tie in bro and you know it's it, you'll notice that uh, he says that i will give i'll turn me to other nations and unto those that i'll you know give my name that, that doesn't mean he he forsook you know any any physical israelite because obviously we see uh peter and paul and all the early you know the early church the early ecclesia the, it, it was you know it was all those that you know, that actually turned and believed, you know, right. repented and believed on, on the, you know, the miracle done with Yahusha, with his, you know, his ministry, his teachings, um, you know, walking in Torah, showing us how to do it, showing us what love really means, um, you know, dying for us mm -hmm. uh, willingly and being raised, you know, those that believed from the tribes were, you know, I guess at that point regrafted in, or I don't know exactly how you phrase that, but you know, it wasn't like necessarily he just forsook all the Israelites. So I just wanted to make that clear because I've seen some dispensationalists say that, you know, that uh, any remnant of the tribe, you know, is no longer invited into the kingdom. But, you know, just the last thing, uh, it just reminds me a lot of uh, John 4. I actually just mentioned this earlier that, um, you know, he's looking for those, he's looking for a real people that serve him in spirit and truth. Um, so let's see right here. Um, yeah, here we go. You worship what you know not. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, right? And so people will quote that and stop. But then he says right here, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. For the father seeketh such to worship him. Yahuwah is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So, anyways, enough rabbit trails. Let's get back to the sefer. All right. Verse <clears throat> verse 25. Oh, here, you know what? This is what I was getting at earlier for you guys that were Yahusha nearly quotes it verbatim. Um, this is from Matthew 23. I'm just going to go ahead and pull that up real quick. I didn't have this ready. Oh, okay. All right. So let's, let's make some connections here. So <clears throat> verse 25 to Ezra's one, seeing ye have forsaken me, I will forsake you also. When ye desire me to be gracious unto you, I shall have no mercy upon you. Whensoever ye shall call upon me, I will not hear you for you have, you, you have defiled your hands with blood. And your feet are swift to commit manslaughter. This is definitely a, a, a um, direct reflection as to what they've done with their prophets, with his prophets. Ye have not, as it were, forsaken me, but your own selves, says Yahuwah. Thus says El Shaddai Yahuwah. Have I not prayed you as fathers his sons, as a mother her daughters, and, and a nurse her young babies, young babes? That ye would be my people, and I should be your Elohim. That ye would be my children, and I should be your father? 
Now listen to this. This is where it's verbatim. I gathered you together. You can't mistake this. I gathered you together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings. But now what shall I do to you? I will cast you from my face. So I want to stop there real quick uh, and read a little bit of, of Matthew. So those of you that are very familiar with Matthew, you've heard this before. So this is, uh, this is that long chapter where he's just rebuking the Pharisees left and right. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets, right? Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, Ye serpents, ye generations of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you the prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily, I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now listen to this. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. So almost nearly verbatim right here. I gathered you together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, but now what shall I do unto you? That's unmistakable, Justin. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it's word for word. It is. And so here down now we're going to see a little more of what we just read in Matthew. When ye offer unto me, I will turn my face from you. For your solemn feast days, your new moons, and your circumcisions I have forsaken. Why? Because they were going through the motions, but they had no heart for him. They were honoring him with their lips, but their heart was far from them. So he hated their feast days. He hated their new moons. He hated their Sabbaths because they were just going through the motions. No spirit. I sent unto you my prophets, whom you have taken and slain and torn their bodies in pieces, whose blood I will require of your hands. So we just saw that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> thou that killest the prophets, right? And then he also says that upon you may come all the righteous bloodshed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, right? So we just, we just saw that right here. My prophets, you have taken and slain and torn their bodies in pieces. I will require of your hands, says Yahuwah. I mean, this is literally, it's, it's verbatim, but it's just mixed around a little bit. Definitely, it definitely our Savior was quoting from this book, which I'm just trying to establish that. Thus says, verse 33, thus says El Shaddai Yahuwah, your house is desolate. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Are you guys seeing? I will cast you out as the wind does stubble, and your children shall not be fruitful, for they have despised my commandment. Like, this is something, Justin, we're going to see all throughout this book, as you know. His commandments, his Torah, it's for us, it's forever. Mm -hmm. And the reason why all these things happen, right? Let, let us not forget why Israel was destroyed. Let's not forget why Jerusalem was plundered. Why? Because they despised his commandments. They profaned his Sabbaths and his, his holy days. And done the thing that is evil before me, you know, like burning the children in the fire to Baal and all kinds of nonsense. Mm -hmm. Now here, this is again. This is so cool. Your houses will I give to a people that shall come. Now, this is so beautiful. Which not have, I'm sorry, which not having heard of me yet shall believe me. To whom I have showed no signs, yet they shall do the things that I command them. This reminds me, uh, you know, when Peter was like, you know, I believe, I believe. And he's like, you know, blessed are those that have not seen me and believe, right? Mm 
So mm -hmm. this it just reminds me of that. So this is still talking about these set apart people. They have seen no prophets yet. They shall call their sins to remembrance, repentance, right? And acknowledge them. I take to witness the grace of the people to come whose little ones rejoice in gladness. And though they have not seen me with bodily eyes yet in the Ruach, they believe the thing that I say. And now brother, behold, what glory and see the people that come from the East unto whom I will give for leaders. Avraham, that's Abraham, Yitzchak, that's Isaac, Yaakov, that's Jacob, Husha, that's Hosea, Amok, Amos, and Mikayahu, that's Micah, Yoel, Joel, Obadiahu, Obadiah, and Yonah, Jonah, of course, Nahum, that's easy, right? Chabakuk, that's easy, right? Zephaniahu, that's Zephaniah, Haggai, that's easy, Zechariah, Zechariah, and Malachi, that's Malachi, right? which is also an angel of Yahuwah. So I think this is really interesting. You know, I really never delved into this too much. I was kind of thinking about this earlier today. I'm like, is this, you know, it says unto them, I will give for leaders, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it, it, maybe in the end times, they're literally going to be like leaders or, you know, is it, you know, the testimonies in the scriptures that we read today? I mean, these are all the prophets, right? So I don't know. You got any take on that? Yeah. Um, it seems like he's basically saying that these are going to be our leaders because he's talking about this this new nation that comes from the east here. Uh, and it says, unto whom I will give for leaders. So he's going to give give to us as leaders, Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, etc. So it's it's essentially saying that these become our fathers. These become our leaders. And um, we become their their offspring and their, their students. So it's, it's just amazing. Mm. Good point. Good point. It's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. So you want to go ahead and um, take the first part of chapter two? Yeah, sure, man. I might stop you a little bit. I I'm just going to apologize ahead of time. No, you don't need to apologize. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Chapter two is probably one of the biggest chapters in this entire book. So I'm really excited that we get to do this on the very first night. So me too, man. Me too. Super stoked. Second Ezra chapter two. Thus says Yahuwah, I brought this people out of bondage, and I gave them my commandments by men's servants, the prophets, whom they would not hear, but despise my counsels. The mother that bore them says unto them, Go your way, ye children, for I am a widow and forsaken. So, is, so yeah, stop right, I was going to say stop right there, but go ahead. Yeah, this is referring to um, Jerusalem, Zion, um, however you want to look at it. Um, exactly. Yeah, if... Two weeks ago, was it? No, one week ago, actually, I was supposed to join Adam uh, for the 144,000 discussion. And actually, all the notes that I was going to dig up and, and present were about this exact thing: the the woman, the man child. Uh, you know, who is who? Who is our mother? And we see uh, all throughout the canon that uh, we are we are basically children of Zion, born into this into this earth, into this time. So, uh, for her to say that she is a widow and forsaken is essentially saying, well, for one, we know that um, in Isaiah that Yahuwah divorces um, Israel, but also specifically mentions how she is, becomes barren. She considers herself to be childless because she loses all of her children, Zion does. But then there's always these prophecies about how she will, how this barren mother will, will bring forth children once again. 
Exactly. Exactly. And if um, here after, if you, if you want to go ahead and pull up Isaiah 49, 11 through 22, um, if you want go ahead and read that after verses three and four, but for specific, specifically for verse two, I want to show you this, how, how awesome this is and how we can decipher the book of revelation. So check this out. Um, oh, I'm going to do screen share. I said screen share. <laughs> Hang on. So check this out. So it says, go your way, ye children, for I am a widow and forsaken. Now, what's really interesting is Mystery Babylon in the end times says the exact opposite, right? This is Revelation 18, 7 through 8. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. So listen, listen to what she says. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow, right? So that's literally the opposite. Yep. For I am a widow and forsaken. So she's saying that I'm not a widow, right? And I'm not forsaken, right? right. So therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and more. And we're talking about physical Jerusalem here on earth. We're not talking about, this is, this is, this right here is physical Jerusalem, the land of Jerusalem right now, which is in fornication right now, which the, right now is not the time, but Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is Yahuwah who judgeth her. Um, I just want to look at 18 real quick. Make sure I didn't miss what, uh, something else I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, as far as just a little little quick rabbit trail, it says right here, this is talking about Mystery Babylon. Reward her even as she has rewarded you and double unto her double according to her work her works in the cup which she had filled to her double i think it's isaiah, F isaiah 40 um let's see yeah right here, right here so check this out this is how we can decipher this and that's that's why ezra's is so amazing right um oh whoops so we just read, read in Revelation that she was rewarded double according to her works, right? And the only place you can find this where it's a connection is Isaiah 40. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith Yahuwah. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Like there's just no doubt about who we're talking about here. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So that is definitely what Revelation 18 is talking about here. Re reward yeah. her even as she rewarded you and double unto her according to her works. So pretty, pretty interesting. And, and uh, sorry for the rabbit trail, but. Oh, um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and read verse three and four. And then if you've got um, Isaiah uh, 49, 11 through 22, such a strong connection. Yeah, absolutely, man. I brought you up with gladness, but with sorrow and heaviness have I lost you. For ye have sinned before Yahweh Elohim, and done that thing that is evil before me. But what shall I now do unto you? I am a widow and forsaken. Go your way, O my children, and ask for mercy of Yahuwah. Yeah, and this is definitely, I mean, that's just such a huge uh, theme throughout throughout the prophets. Right, As right, I, that, she's, that she's barren and forsaken and desolate and you know, Yeah, and in some sense, um, she represents... Um, New Jerusalem or Zion, in other sense, Yah even says that it's, it's he himself, even that we're his children. That, um, you know, I am a widow and forsaken. So it's interesting when you see all that connections there, where they really ultimately were the sons and daughters of Yah. But in, uh, in the pictures he gives us, he also calls us the sons and daughters of Zion. So right. in Isaiah 49 11 through uh, 15. And I will make 
all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted. Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinem. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. Behold, I have engraving thee on the, upon the palm of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. Just real quick, I thought this was really, I think verse 16 is really interesting because um, this was obviously a few weeks ago, but I know in the men's study, um, going through second Baruch, but I don't know if you remember, it's, it's in one of the early chapters. Um, mm -hmm. he, he says like, you know, about the, he was talking about the destruction of, of Jerusalem and Baruch yeah. was like crying out, you know, and, you know, and then the most high was like, do you think this is what I was talking about when I said I, um, I engraved her on the palms of my hands, you know? Right. So I just thought that was a really cool connection there. Yeah. And also he tells them that their prayers are like a, a strong tower or a wall. Mm-hmm. You can't destroy that place until they leave. So it's a cool connection too, as well. Thy walls are continually before me. Anyway, all right. So Second Ezra chapter 2, verse 5. As for me, O Father, I call upon you for a witness over the mother of these children, which would not guard my covenant, that you bring them to confusion, and their mother to a spoil, that there may be no offspring of them. Let them be scattered abroad among the heathen. Let their names be put out of the earth, for they have despised my covenant. Woe be unto you, Asher, you that hide the unrighteous, unrighteous in you. O you wicked people, remember what I did unto Sodom and Amorah, which is Sodom and Gomorrah, whose land lies in clods of pitch and heaps of ashes. Even so also will I do unto them that hear me not, says El Shaddai Yahuwah. Thus says Yahweh unto Ezra, Tell my people that I will give them the kingdom of Jerusalem, which I would have given unto Yasharel. Their glory also will I take unto me, and give these the everlasting tabernacles. Which so I just once again, oh, I'm sorry. Just once again, real quick. I mean, we see the same thing, you know, at the parable of the vineyard. Um, which I, I'm sorry, I just can't. I can't mention that enough. But um, we see the same thing here: just taking the kingdom and giving it to a, a true people that uh, worship Him in spirit and truth. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Amen. They shall have the tree of life for an ointment of sweet savor. And that's beautiful. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we just uh, yeah. studied the, the first book of Adam and Eve for those of you guys who were here. So you, you see the significance of this here. Right. Um, so, okay. So remember that. So the tree of life, uh, obviously in revelation 22, uh, we see that I'm just all over the place. Um, or once we're back, or once we're in New Jerusalem, uh, that's where the tree of life is. That's where the the living water is. The fountains of living water, uh, just all that. Just oh man, it's just so amazing. Can't wait. Again, I, can, I hope my plot is next to yours, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Me too, bro. All right, uh, verse thirteen. Go and ye shall receive. Pray for a few days unto you that they may be shortened. The kingdom is already prepared for you. Watch. So wait, I'm sorry, one more time. So this is the only other place I, we, we obviously, a lot of us know in the book of Matthew chapter 24, he says, you know, unless those days be shortened, no flesh shall be saved. So I think it's really interesting here. It says, pray 
for for a few days unto you that it may be shortened. So I've got to think that's where Yahusha was pulling from, or at least teaching from. Would you know? Am, am I? You think I'm stretching on that one, or no? Because you know, he also says uh, Yeshua also tells them to pray that their flight does not take place in winter on the Shabbat. Um, so yeah, it all ties into the same concept. I mean, it's he's he. I believe everything that Yahusha said was from, he is the word. I think that all he did was speak the word constantly. Right. Um, so yeah, it would, it would make, it'd be no surprise to me that that's, this is where he's pulling this from for sure. Verse 14, take heaven and earth to witness for I have broken the evil in pieces and created the good for I live says Yahuwah mother embrace your children and bring them up with gladness. Make their feet as fast as a pillar for I have chosen you, says Yahuwah. And those that will that be dead will I raise up again from their places and bring them out of the graves, for I have known my name in Yasharel. Fear not, you mother of the children, for I have chosen you, says Yahuwah. For your help will I send my servants Esau and Yirmiyahu, who, after whose counsel I have sanctified and prepared for you twelve trees laden with diverse fruits. And as many fountains flowing with milk and honey, and seven mighty mountains, whereupon there grows there grow roses and lilies, whereby I will fill your children with joy. So hang on, I, I gotta I gotta read uh, some Enoch, and I see brother Joe uh, <laughs> Joe's in the chat, so I know he's gonna love this part. Um, this is uh, this is Enoch chapter twenty four. Let me screen share this. So it, you know it's. To your knowledge, Justin, can you think of anything in the 66 book canon that talks about the seven mountains? I can't recall. Can you? Uh, yeah, now that, now that you mentioned it, I guess I, I've only seen that in Enoch. Yeah, so let's check this out. Let's, uh, let's go into a little rabbit trail. So I'm just going to read this for you. So Enoch chapter 24. And from thence I went to another place of the earth, and he showed me a mountain range of fire which burnt day and night. And I went beyond it and saw seven magnific sorry, seven magnificent mountains, all differing each from the other. And the stones thereof were magnificent and beautiful, magnificent as a whole, of glorious appearance and fair exterior, three towards the east, one founded on the other, and three towards the south, one upon the other, and deep rough ravines, no one of which joined with any other. And the seventh mountain was in the midst of these, and it excelled them in height, resembling the seat of a throne. So, man, this is uh, this is some interesting stuff, and I don't know that I can really properly decipher it. Um, but you know, this last one is pretty interesting, saying that it resembles the seat of a throne. So, pretty interesting. I've seen a lot of different concepts of it, of this, or or uh, others' interpretations of this. Some people saying that these mountains are like the seven continents. I've seen. Um, gosh, I've seen other, um, other interpretations as well, but listen to this. Now this literally just talks about what we just read about, uh, let's see where I right here. So first he was talking about the 12 trees laden with diverse fruits flowing with milk and honey, seven mighty mountains, which we're reading about right now, but, uh, right here. So yeah. And so now he's talking about and fragrant trees encircled the throne. So what a, what a confirmation, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, and, and again, we see the kind of the inverse of that in Revelation as well. Um, in Revelation 17, 9, uh, let me just pull that up real quick. It says, this calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. 
they also represent seven kings. So just like we saw earlier, sort of a, a mirror image for the B system for the woman. Right. True. They, true story. There as well. Uh, good point. I never saw that before. Very cool. Uh, okay. And amongst the, and amongst them was a tree such as I have never yet smelt. Neither was any amongst them, nor were others like it. It had a fragrance beyond all fragrance and its leaves and blooms and wood wither not forever. And its fruit is beautiful and its fruit resembles the dates of a palm. Interesting. Then I said, how beautiful is this tree and fragrant and its leaves are fair and its blooms very delightful in appearance. Then answered Michael, one of the holy and honored angels who was with me and was their leader. So pretty interesting stuff about the, the seven mountains and the trees of fragrance. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And uh, I think, how many chapters? So I think maybe stop around 24. Yeah, because we got 48 here. Okay. All right. Chapter, uh, verse 20. Do right to the widow, judge for the fatherless, give to the poor, defend the orphan, clothe the naked, Heal the broken and the weak. Laugh not a lame man to scorn. Defend the maimed. And let the blind man come into the sight of my clearness. Keep the old and young within your walls. Wheresoever you find the dead, take them and bury them. And I will give you the first place in my resurrection. Abide still, O my people, and take your rest for your quietness still come. So real quick, um, when you go back, when you go back up to, you know, healing, healing the sick and, and, you know, giving the, the blind man a vision, you know, I, I think that can be literal, but we were just talking about this the other day, you know, uh, talking about, um, when Yeshua separates the, the sheep and the goats and, you know, sure it can be, it can be definitely be literal, you know, like feeding you know, the, the hungry, clothing, the naked, uh, giving sight to the blind, or I don't actually, he doesn't say that, but you know, I, I think that's also, and you actually mentioned this, Justin, um, I, I think that's also definitely uh, spiritual in, in that, you know, feeding people the word and, and true, you know, feeding people the truth, that kind of stuff, you know, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, I think, and I think 21 here kind of points that out because it says, let the blind man come into the sight of my clearness. So he's not necessarily saying it's a physical, you know, like it, it's talking about giving him sight in sight of the word, giving him understanding of the word. So, um, yeah, you can kind of see that spiritual connection there. And, and, you know, even it's going a little further, um, just above that, you know, healing the broken and the weak. I mean, how many of us have a testimony of being like literally broken, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, defend the maim, same thing. Um, you know, anyways, just, I just think it's so interesting, but cool, cool verses. All right. Oh yeah. My turn. Yay. I love this book so much. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start at verse 25. Oh, let's see. Hang on. Let me, I just want to take a look at my notes real quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nourish your children, O oh good nurse. Establish their feet. When Every time I see establish their feet, I always think of Psalm 40. I mean, I'm sorry. Just pull it up real quick. Because it really just reminds me of our testimony so much, you know, with – how we lived, what we, you know, essentially the, the prodigal son, you know, I was just talking to someone about this earlier today, you know, just, we were literally like a, in a proverbial miry pit, you know, with the pigs, like the prodigal son was, you know? So listen to this Psalm 40, I waited patiently for Yahuwah and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings, right? So that's just what I liken it to when it says, 
when it says, oh, good nurse, establish their feet, you know, I just really think of this and being established upon that rock. And that's where, you know, it's how it's written that no other foundation can anyone build other than, you know, Yahusha HaMashiach. So definitely, definitely believe that this is talking about. And obviously, because this is prophetic, and this whole chapter is, is speaking to a people that's to come, right? So all this is literally instructions for us right now, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. As for the servants whom I have given you, there shall not one of them perish, for I will require it from them from among your number. I really think this is talking about the 144,000 because this is a number because we have two groups in this snatching away we have the 144,000 and then the great multitude that comes with them so from among your number it says you know not one of them will perish so right here in revelation 7 um so this is the angels that were given you know in, in their hands to hurt the earth you know and hurt people but it said you know it's it's the 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 decree is saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of Yahuwah in their foreheads. And we also see that in Revelation 9, that the 144,000 do not get harmed. Uh, here, So this is when the um, this is when the star falls from heaven and the, the bottomless pit is opened up. The army comes out. So listen to this. It was commanded them that they should hurt not the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of Yahuwah in their foreheads. So we see this sealing, and it says right here, there shall not one of them perish, for I will acquire them from among your number. I really think this is talk. This is starting to talk about the 144,000, which the rest of this chapter is all about the 144,000 and the great multitude. So listen to this. Be not weary, for when the day of trouble, trouble and heaviness comes, Others shall weep and be sorrowful, but you shall be merry and have abundance. We've seen this time and time again all throughout the scriptures that when this time comes, when, when Jacob's trouble comes, as soon as the woman travails, there is deliverance. And I can't think of a better chapter than Daniel 12. So this is talking about the tribulation. And at that time Michael shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, and everyone that shall be found written in the book. So essentially it's the very same thing we see here. So when the day of trouble comes, right, others shall weep and be sorrowful, but you shall be merry and have abundance. Um, we see the same thing. Uh, in Enoch, oops, look right here, awesome. chapter 50. Uh, we'll just go with the right here. So, we've read this many times before, but, um, but on this day, right, on the day of affliction, on which evil shall have been treasured up against the sinners, and the righteous shall be victorious in the name of Yahuwah. But then here's group two. He will cause the others to witness this. They may repent and forego the works of their hands, right? They were not They were not keeping the commandments. They were not keeping Torah. They shall have no honor through the name of Yahuwah, yet through his name they shall be saved. So this definitely fulfills the scripture. It says anyone, anyone that calls upon the name of Jesus Christ as who we've come to know is Yahusha HaMashiach or Yeshua or Yahushua, Yahoshua, anyone that calls upon his name will be saved. But it says right here they'll have no honor, and I believe that they will go through the tribulation, right? So I think that's what it's talking about here. Others shall weep and be sorrowful, but you shall be merry and have abundance. Yep. Listen to this. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You got something? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to connect it also with uh, Second Baruch, the men's study. We just we just got done finishing that book up. And in Second Baruch, 
uh, it talks about the same uh, sort of series of events here. Am I screen sharing? Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, then all who have fallen asleep in hope of him shall rise again, and it shall come to pass at that time that the treasuries will be opened in which the preserved of the number of the souls of the righteous, and they shall come forth, and a multitude of souls shall be seen together, one assemblage of one thought. And the first shall rejoice, and the last shall not be grieved. For they know that the time has come of which it is said, it is the consummation of the times. But the souls of the wicked, when they behold all these things, shall waste away the more. For they shall know that their torment has come and their perdition has arrived. I thought and, that tied in really nice. That ties in very, that ties in very, very well. And you know, definitely, I think, in my opinion, would fulfill uh, the you know, Lord, Lord, open to us. Didn't we do all these things and you know whatnot? And he says, "What do you say? I never knew you." Right. I know this is very redundant for those of you that are with us every week, but you know, by the scriptures, not by what church tells you, not by what a pastor tells you, not by what your heart tells you, how we know Yahusha, but Scripture is very clear. First uh, John, chapter two, verse three, right? Easy as I say, this is so cheesy. I'm sorry, but easy as one, two, three. Sorry, it's so, <laughs> it's so cheesy, but it helps you remember. Actually, that's how I remember this verse. But you know, it says, "Herein is how we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments." Like so, it's plain as day, plain as day. So, all right. <clears throat> Thanks for the Baruch. That was good. That was good. I thought I wanted to bring up too. If you also go. From two three, if you go to three four, uh, like First John three four, it says everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, right. sin is transgression of the law. So that also ties in pretty well. Right, and and so that's you know that again we have to let the scripture be the authority, not our hearts, not what we think, not what we are taught by men, but what does the scripture say? It says what is sin, and that's the very basic definition. You know that I really pray that those that are you know still stuck in in the false religion you know we'll call right. it for what it is yeah. i really wish that they would just look at that verse and be like oh another okay. one uh this i want to just bring these up so that everyone can see how these are ones that are pretty easy to remember if you go john 15 14 you are my friends if you do what i command it actually says if you keep my commandments right but then if you reverse that john 14 15 oh look, yeah that's right <laughs> uh you also get if you love me keep my commands so first John two three and first John three four and, and fourteen okay. fifteen and John fifteen fourteen. Go ahead and plug this one on first John five three. I, I I love the number one five three. I think of the the hundred and fifty three fish, right? Oh yeah. First John five three. What is it? With love for God. Yeah, there we go. Keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. Amen. Right? Yep. He makes it plain for us, right? It's only the doctrines of men that cl that cloudy the waters that says you're we're, we're in this time so the only books that you need to read is roman through philemon romans through philemon right that's yeah. that's confusion that is confusion to me yeah anyways you guys know we're preaching to the choir <laughs> all right where did i leave off uh, you got anything else no that's it man okay all right so i think uh yeah so yeah you, but you shall be married and have abundance the heathen yeah okay um so the heathen shall envy you, but they shall be able to do nothing against you, says Yahuwah. So just literally going to be protected. And we saw that. We saw that again, right? They are only given to hurt those that don't have the seal of Yahuwah on their foreheads, right? Yep. yep. Uh, which, again, uh, letting Scripture decipher Scripture, Revelation 22, those that are inside 
right inside New Jerusalem that make it, and they shall see his face. This is talking about Yahuwah. We'll see his face. Remember, remember when Isaiah in chapter six, when he goes up into the throne room, he's like, Woe is me. Woe is me. For yeah. I have seen the I have seen the Lord of hosts. And I am a man that dwell with un, you know, a people with unclean lips, and I have yeah. unclean lips. And <laughs> mm -hmm. oh man, but I, I'm assuming that he'll cleanse us, right? You know, I think Adam and Eve says it will be dipped in that water and we'll be cleansed of everything instantly. So, but going back to the point, you know, about the sealing and the protection, right? And they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads, right? I don't think it gets any clearer than that for me. Yeah. <clears throat> My hands uh, shall, I'm sorry. Oh, and one other point, you know, talks about the na the, na the nations shall envy you. And all the, many other verses, it talks that the nations will serve us as well. Um, but listen to this, you know, it says that, you know, they'll envy us, right? So listen to this, Revelation 3, 9. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. You know, and this is an interesting passage because remember how much flack we got for reading Adam and Eve, how the most high would never make anybody worship, you know, worship man or worship the image of God. Right, right. right. Yep. What's, what's, I didn't even think about this when all that was going on, but think about that. He's going to have people worshiping our feet. That's a great point. And to know that I have loved thee. Hallelujah. My hand shall, to verse 29 and second Ezra 2, my hand shall cover you so that your children shall not see Sheol. Be joyful, O mother, with your children, for I will deliver you, says Yahuwah. Remember your children that sleep, for I shall bring them out of the sides of the earth and show mercy unto them, for I am merciful, says Yahuwah. Sevaoth. I have to make this connection really quickly. Um, brought out from the sides, right? Isaiah sixty-six, which goes over the woman in detail and the birth and all that. Um, so this is right here where he talks about the man-child is born. For those of you that were with us last week, we talked a lot about the man-child, the birth, the hundred forty-four thousand. So it talks about here. You know, as soon as the tribulation starts, is essentially what this is saying. Um, for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children, right? So this whole rapture business that we've all been brought up to believe, well, the funny thing, Justin and I, you and I are talking about this. The funny thing is, you know, some of that is truth, but who that's reserved for is where the lies start. You know, they say the entire church, everybody that's ever confessed, they all get swept up in one sweep. That's not the truth. But there is a taking away. There is a, a uh, rescue at the beginning. Right. So, um right here so where is it all right yeah it says we'll be born upon her sides yeah right here so for thus says yahuwah behold i will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the gentiles like a flowing stream then shall ye suck and right here ye shall be born upon her sides and be dandled upon her knees right i will bring them out of the sides of the earth and show mercy unto them for i am merciful says yahuwah sevaoth Embrace your children until I come and show mercy unto them for my wells run over and my grace shall not fail. So Justin, I, I bet you can probably go for about 30 minutes on what grace really means. <laughs> that was one of my first favorite videos of yours. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, you know, I think uh, this, this crowd knows pretty well that grace actually has to do with the, the ability to walk according to um, the commandments, the ability to walk in the spirit as we're called to um, again, like we see that uh, great grace was upon the disciples. Great grace was upon Yeshua even when he was growing up. And obviously uh, Yeshua didn't need mercy. He needed 
the power of the Spirit to walk uh, sinlessly so he could be the perfect uh, lamb for, for our atonement. So, yeah, the, the, the power of grace is truly the power to, to walk as he walked. And so it makes sense that he would say, my grace shall not fail, because it's saying simply that we're going to be in a position where we have such great grace uh, that we will perform uh, in a holy and perfect and righteous manner that he calls us to. Amen. Amen. Well said. I didn't know. I didn't think you'd be able to get that all in like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So here we go. So starting in verse 33, this is where it is 100% talking about the 144,000 and the great multitude, which in my opinion, there are assembled at one time. So just like, just like in, we talked about this last week a little bit, but just to reinforce, just like in, uh, uh the time of the Exodus, right? Those that were numbered, it was like the six. It was like six hundred and twenty thousand. I'm just estimating. I, there's, a, there's an exact number, but I don't remember. But it's roughly six hundred and twenty thousand that are numbered. But the number is only those that are numbered for war, right? And there is a huge mixed multitude that came with them, right? So we know Ecclesiastes one nine says that history repeats itself. It says, you know, what's happened before shall happen again. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but there shall be no. There's nothing new in the sun. So well, who's to say that the same thing won't happen? And so there's a lot of bad doctrine that comes out of the church that talks about Revelation 7, which says that the 144,000 are separate from the the mixed multitude that all are are taken and protected and, and glorified. So let's get into this a little bit without further ado. This is my favorite part of this whole book. Because again, what we're getting ready to what we're getting ready to talk about right now is in my opinion, there's there's really there's there's a few places where the 144,000 are scattered, right? It's in the apocalypse of Abraham. Uh, it's in, in my opinion, the church of Philadelphia, the letter to the church of Philadelphia. Um, but outside of that, you've got revelation chapter seven and 14, which are the two big parts. However, you, what we're getting ready to read is literally the biggest piece to the puzzle of the 144,000. So once again, no wonder this was tucked away, right. To be hidden. But at the same time, when we get to chapter 14 in this book, we're going to see that it was Yah's will that this happened because he wants to protect his truth. He only wants those that are truly seeking that truly want to know these things. And honestly, those are the only people that are, are reading these books right now. And I'm not saying this in a pompous way, but I think we've got a group, a group of truth seekers that really want to know we want to know his mysteries. This yep. is, you know, his word, which is Yahusha, is a lamp to our feet. You know, and, and if we know that we live by every word that proceeds from his mouth, well, let's be Bereans. Let's test this out instead of just being comfortable and being complacent with that with the status quo of what the church is teaching, right? But right. here I am getting all excited. No, man. Yeah. And plus, you know, like from, from Daniel, uh, and also even actually in this book, we'll see later on. Uh, that it was his will, like you said, there were there were writings that were reserved for the time of the end, uh, sealed up until the time of the end. And so the fact that we've actually received this revelation, we're, we're able to read these now, you're right. It was definitely according to Yah's will, and he's presented this information to the people that need it. That's what I believe. I agree. I agree. And th this is the coolest part uh, about this mystery is it tells us, who they are, what they do, what they do in the world, what they confess with their mouth, what they what they uh, fulfill, right? What these people actually fulfill in their walk, and you just you can't get away from it. So, really excited. This is <laughs> enough build up. This is my favorite part of the whole book. So let's just get into it. All right, Second Ezra chapter two, verse thirty three. I Ezra received a charge of Yahuwah upon Mount Oreb. 
that I should go unto Yashrael, but when I came unto them, they set me at naught. Which, by the way, um, uh, oh my goodness, what, what, what am I trying to think? Um, oh yeah, Mount Sion. Yeah, the Mount Orev is synonymous with Mount Sion, right? So he's on Mount Sion, right? So that's uh, what I'm getting at right here is in the 144,000, it says, And lo, I looked, a lamb stood on Mount Sion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. So let's, I hate being, you know, sorry, I hate being sarcastic, but, you know, how, how can we say that his name is not important? Plus, when we get into Malachi in a little bit, we'll see how important it really is. But when I came to them, so yeah, that I should go into Yashrael. That when I came unto them, they set me at naught and despised the commandment of Yahuwah. And therefore, I say unto you, O ye heathen, that here on, this can be translated as, you know, uh, many different things. O ye heathen, that hear and understand, look for your shepherd. We know Yahusha is our shepherd, right? He shall give you everlasting rest, for he is nigh at hand that shall come in the end of the world. Now remember, keep in mind, this whole, these whole two chapters are literally there was, there was a transition period in chapter one where it was literally he was turning unto the other nations again those that worship him in spirit and truth this these end times right now so he's literally speaking to us right now right for he is nigh at hand that shall come at the end of the world at the end of the age as yahusha says be ready to the reward of the kingdom for the everlasting light shall shine upon you forevermore oh uh, back at daniel i'm sorry i have to daniel 12 I want you guys to think about this. I was speaking to a good friend, uh, I think yesterday about this, right? And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Right? Everlasting light shall shine upon you. Shall be wise as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Hallelujah. Who does not want to shine as the brightness of the firmament? Right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Well, listen to this. So flee from the shadow of this world. In my opinion, this is my opinion. I believe this is coming out, come out of her, my people. Flee the darkness of this world. Receive the joyfulness of your glory. I testify my Savior openly. Are we doing that? I'm just asking. I'm asking myself. I'm asking Justin. I'm asking everybody in the chat. Oh, I didn't mean to flip over to it. Everybody in the chat, are you testifying your Savior openly, right? In the days of, of social media. O oh, receive the gift that is given to you, and be glad, giving thanks unto him that has led you to the heavenly kingdom. Now listen to this. This is the 144,000. Arise up and stand. Behold the number of those that be sealed in the feast of Yahuwah. So we can't get around this. So Revelation 7. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of Yahuwah in their foreheads. Right? And I heard the number of them which were sealed. This number wasn't revealed in Ezra's time. And there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And... I know, again, those of you that are with us every week, this is, you know, just a review, but uh, here we go. But thou, Israel, art my servant, 
Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. So very quickly, we can reason with one another. The seed of Abraham is Israel, right? Also known as Jacob. And Paul knits it together for us. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female for you're all one in Yahusha HaMashiach, right? And if you be Yahusha's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. So to break it down um, very easily, uh, those that believe in Yahusha are grafted in are the seed of Abraham, which is Israel, right? So what I'm getting at is, you know, people will say, oh, this has to be, you know, the Jews living in the state of Israel. I beg to, we beg to differ very greatly with you. Um, and so, all right, so we see the ceiling, right? So what we just read, we hold a number of those, 140,000 that were sealed in the feast of Yahuwah. So here's another thing, right? Why would we not want to celebrate the feasts of Yahuwah? You know, people, Justin, we know people will say, oh, those are just Jewish feasts. No. In Leviticus 23, he clearly states, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feasts of Yahuwah, right? There's there's one, feasts of Yahuwah. It doesn't say feasts of the Jews, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. So why would tell me again why we wouldn't want to celebrate the feast? Dump dump the heli days of the world and and rejoice in the feast of Yahuwah, which we're two weeks away. We're two weeks away from uh our, our, our Pesach here, our Passover here in uh, in Missouri. So super excited. But Which are departed from the shadow of this world. These are people that have come out of the world, come out of her, my people, that you not partake in her plagues, that you be not defiled with her and partake in her plagues, right? Which are departed from the shadow of this world and have received glorious garments of Yahuwah. Like, wow. Yep. So... Let's go. So, as far as the glorious garments, let's just take a peek at this with Revelation seven, uh, right here. And one of the elders answered and saying unto me, "What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they?" And I said unto him, "Sir, thou knowest." And he said to me, "These are they which came out of great tribulation. Right? They were taken out of it. We saw that promise in." the the letter to philadelphia that there's a promise they will keep them from the hour, hour of temptation or the hour of trial which will come upon the whole world right and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb so oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, i gotta jump on that one real quick too yeah yeah, yeah absolutely uh because uh we got hang on let me am i sharing no I'm not, not yet sharing. not yet all right revelation 22 14 uh, there's two translations to Revelation 22, 14. In the King James, it says, Oh, yeah, that's right. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. But in some of the other translations, because it uses a different text, a different codex, it says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, so they might have a right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates of the city. And I actually did a study on the Greek from the Codex Sinaiticus and uh, the other Greek text, um, I uh, can't recall it off the top of my head. And both of these are actually correct. And so literally, it, that's what it means to wash your robes. It means to do his commandments. So blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have a right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates of the city. That's what it means to have your robes washed white right here. Right. So they re receive the glorious garments of Yahuwah. Amen. Amen. And 
a good point and brother uh brother joe in the chat just actually um reminded me of a really really strong connection with isaiah forty nine ten. you know they shall not hunger nor thirst neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them for he hath mercy on them and shall lead them even by the springs of water shall he guide them and we see that right here in revelation 17 and uh, revelation 7 the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water and Yahuwah shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So, hallelujah. Thanks, Joe. Good call. Good call. So, here we go again. Take your number, right? So, the number wasn't revealed in, in Ezra's time. Take your number, Oath Sion, and shut up those, I'm sorry, and shut up those of yours that are clothed in white. Now, here it is. Here's the big one. Which have fulfilled the Torah of Yahuwah. Well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Why this book need, needed to go. Amen. Right here. This is what Hasatan has been keeping the children of the Most High from doing. That's his job. That's literally been his job. You know, his job. Sure, you can you can you can say it's you know to torment you or you know kill, steal, destroy, whatever have you. But this is it right here. That's what he did from the beginning. Nothing new in the sun. He wanted Adam and Eve to transgress, right? To to be um, to be uh, taken from their their exalted state and to be. Um, brought down on the ground like he was. Yeah, and of course we don't need to go pull it up right this second, but in Second Thessalonians we know that's also the job of the Antichrist is to is to keep people in a delusion that causes them to live in a lawless state. So, right, right. So I just realized I was uh, I still had your screen share earlier, but here, yeah, just so you guys can see which have fulfilled the Torah of Yahuwah. So, those of you that are here that are with us on this journey realizing that torah is for us um i applaud you well honestly all glory is to the father because we like we've said many times it's not your own your own works he's the one that unveiled this from your eyes to show you the goodness and the splendor and the peace i mean you know i'll be honest just you know quick testimony time as someone that for a long time lived as a i lived as a worry wart like i was always stressed about even just the littlest things and i would just sit there and like I'd lose sleep over it, and I was just always worried, worried, worried. And you know, while there's still a lot of things going on in all of our lives, I think you, you and I, Justin, can both honestly say that we have never had just a calmness in our spirit, a peace of mind that comes with walking His commandments. Not because it's like, oh, we're saved, and like we weren't saved before. And it's not like that. No, it's like it's obviously spiritual. It's obviously something in the heart that we just can't, you know, look at that when you're walking in his ways that it just brings peace of mind i mean i don't know how else to say it yeah i mean i remember you know i grew up in the church um and so i remember what it felt like to read certain scriptures and and kind of long to understand what it really means um through experience um i mean something as simple as you know the lord is my shepherd i shall not want um I remember, you know, being in, in, in my 20s and going to church and even helping in churches and, and being like, I wonder what that's like to want nothing, you know? And it, and this is coming from a guy who was like volunteering and, and deeply into uh, theological discussion and, and doctrinal debate. And I love that stuff. But I didn't really, I didn't really understand what it was saying from my own experience. But now we're in a place, you know, all it took was, for us to to come to this understanding of the blessing of of walking in the ways that he's prescribed for us 
and now truly I understand what that means in a way that I, I could have never possibly imagined. And, and ironically, um, you know, we know people in our fellowship who live in all kinds of places and have nothing. They have nothing but a smartphone and Marco Polo app on their phone. Don't even use Facebook. You know, living in trailer parks and stuff doesn't matter. They want nothing. They are just the happiest, most joyful, full of peace uh, in people I've ever seen. And, um, you know, there was a time in my life where I, w I wouldn't understand that. And now I, I understand that in a way that I couldn't. I mean, I really literally want nothing. I want nothing except. Totally except with you. Yeah. And so know what else he wants from me so I can do more of that. Right. Right. And, and, you know, the basic stuff, obviously, like the basics, you know, taking care of our families, making sure the roof over our heads. But, you know, I know what you mean as far as like wanting stuff. And, you know, it's no wonder that this whole world is bought into consumerism because, you know, I can look back at my life and, you know, I've had I love what Paul says. You know, I've learned I'm just paraphrasing. I've learned to live with plenty and I've learned to live with nothing. And that's something that I've experienced, uh, just, you know, a little bit about my, you know, my life, I don't want to get too off on a rabbit trail, but you know, early in my life when I was, when I was a young kid, you know, I grew up in a pretty wealthy family, pretty wealthy, you know? And so we lacked nothing and I didn't know what it was like to not go without. Right. Mm -hmm. But then my parents divorced when I was 12 and you know, I, I'm not going to say anything about my dad. Cause you know, the scripture says, honor thy father and thy mother it doesn't say honor your father, you know, only if he's a good guy. Right. So I'll just, I'll just put it there. Let's just say my, my mom was on her own, you know, like, um, and so literally went from like rich to poor. Right. And also just recently, um, well, I say recently in the last, you know, four or five years, you know, went from a job making a lot of money, a lot of money. And, you know, now, you know, we just, we don't have a lot, but I'm so much happier now than when I used to, because going back to the consumerism point is in our old lives, it was like a constant depression with spikes of, you know, happiness, whether it be, and this is, this is everybody. I have to imagine this is everybody outside of the love of Yahuwah. You know, you have promotions in your jobs, right? So you're, you're climbing your career, but I think we all know that no matter how, how you, how high you climb in your career, it's just, you know, that can be taken away from you any moment, right? Um, that can be an idol, you know, buying things, going back to consumerism, right? So depression, right? People are just feeding this depression with temporary Band-Aids, Band-Aid, Band-Aid, buy this, you know, you're going to be happy if you get, you know, all these new clothes. You're going to be happy if you get this new car. And sure, you were happy for a while. I've been there. I've bought the nice cars. I've bought the nice suits. You know, I've done all that stuff. And yeah, I tell you what, it makes you happy, but it's fleeting, it's very fleeting. It's very, very temporary. And so this is what I think we're all so jazzed up about is, you know, it's just like the flat earth topic, the biblical earth, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, it's a tough topic to understand, but you know, that's why we've got to humble ourselves as like little children, you know, or else we're just going to be too stubborn and we're not going to see it because we know that Yahuwah weighs the hearts, the hearts of, of men and women, right? Yeah. Absolutely, so man. he revealed it to us, and how thankful we are that he showed us. Um, you know, Psalm was it Psalm one nineteen forty four through forty five. It says, "I seek your precepts continually." You know, therefore I shall walk at liberty. And you know, and that's the freedom that Paul was talking about when he says they they wanted people wanted to spy out his liberty. You know, in Yahusha, right? Which which freed him from the curse. You know, freed us all from the curse of breaking the law. So, yeah. anyways, um, well, but you. you know, also, another, another factor that people tend to to forget is, you know, one thing that Yahusha, our Messiah, is coming did change 
dramatically is the system of which atonement was conducted. So no longer were, were we tied to a specific tabernacle and a specific, uh, you know, um, sin offering year to year. You didn't have to make that journey to Jerusalem to, to, uh, to fulfill those things to be, you know, so literally it, it, it was liberty, unlike anything the Jewish people of that time had ever seen before. Literally, you're saying now that my Messiah, my high priest, and my atonement is, is right here with me. I have a direct connection to him. I can do that. I can, I can be that. I can be uh, atone, in, in an atoned, righteous state, walking with him anywhere in the world without having to be tied to the temple in Jerusalem specifically. In fact, the fact that it collapsed in 70 AD was proof of that. Is I believe it was the Most High showing us that that same liberty that you're talking about right now. So not only is the Torah called the Torah of liberty in the Old Testament, in the Tanakh, but truly um, it, it, was, it was something that the Jews of that time were confused about. They would want to spy out this liberty that they had. They don't have to come and to Jerusalem and perform these atonement sacrifices anymore because of the new high priest they had and their new new relationship with him. Amen. And and uh, you know, very clearly our sacrifices, you know, our, our living sacrifice, which Paul says in Romans, you know, twelve, that we are to offer up our our bodies ourselves because he says, you know, in another passage he says, you know, ye not that you are the temple of the the Holy Spirit, right? But we are to offer up our lives as you know living sacrifices, but. I really believe that our prayer is that sacrifice, you know, and, and that's why they had like a, you know, in the old days they had a daily sacrifice, you know, one in the morning, one in the evening, you know, if you're not doing it now, why not try to implement a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice, a morning prayer, you know, maybe make it the first thing you do. Just a thought that that changed my life. The prayer, constant prayer, it changed my life more than anything else in this world. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, you know, obviously belief in, you know, don't, don't, don't let me, say the wrong thing here belief in yahushua obviously you know but the biggest thing the biggest thing but prayer you know not no church attendance record um sure your amount of time in the word yeah that matters but prayer yeah I, I, obviously you know if you're spending your friday night here with us or watching this as a recording watch a watching these two to three hour videos as a recording obviously you're you know you're 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 in it so i'm with you but anyways yeah, I'd like to ask the chat actually because since we've been connected through the fellowship, I've seen more prayers answered than I ever have in my entire life combined. I've seen more in the last year. So I'd like to ask the chat, how many of you who are walking in Torah and, and spending time in prayer like you've never had before, how many of you are seeing miraculous prayers answered on a regular basis? Let's get some let's get some either some hands up or some me or amen or I agree. I'm just uh just curious aaron james sister aaron james welcome black welcome back it's good to see you td reha jerry hodges shalom and shine hey Scotty hey, <laughs> awesome awesome amen what else is here yep looks like we got lots <laughs> wow well i don't know if you were in chat uh last week but when I asked the question, like, how many? What's going on, Sister Jessica? Good to see you. Um, Yahusha's disciple, Bowman eighty two, Ray Perkins. What's going on? I asked the question. You know, how many of us? Like, a lot of us started waking up. You know, 2015, 2016 seems to be like some of the biggest year. You know, biggest years for waking up. But I asked the question, like, who was changed forever? 
after September 2017, or just say the fall of 2017, and like quite it was almost like the reaction like this. It's amazing. Yeah, literally, you know, I had already started um, seeking and even started even started making videos for YouTube about six months prior to that the the September 2017 sign. But man, it was like within a few short months after that that, that sign came that suddenly light bulbs clicked on like I've never ever experienced before. And very quickly he led me to to the whole word, you know, just amazing. Right. Right. Amen. Like I said, I, I started waking up I think early 14, but it was, you know, it was nothing compared to what happened after 2017. Like that was like mm -hmm. Anyways, like I think 2014, I started like searching like truth or topics, right? You know, 9-11, the right, Rothschilds, right. the Federal Reserve, you know, Jekyll mm -hmm. Island, you know, all that stuff. Um, all the stuff you're not allowed to make videos about anymore. You know, that's crazy. Like they scrubbed Sandy Hook. Like if you want to search the truth about Sandy Hook, which, oh no, I just, I just flagged us now. <laughs> Yeah, they scrubbed it, man. They scrubbed every video. There's it's gone. You can't find a literal truther video on it. It's all like just cover up. Anyways, yeah. so yeah, enough about that. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to get the channel yanked for talking about that that uh, false flag. So, anyways, there's like three really big topics that you're not allowed to talk about anymore on YouTube. Yeah, yeah that's what those in the chat. Yeah, that's one of them. So we'll just not talk about that one. Yeah, TD Rayhouse says bye video. <laughs> oh man, I should have. <laughs> Oh yeah, please protect this video because this is an important one. I shouldn't have done that. that. That was really silly of me. Anyways, all right. Well, listen, we're not trying to hide away from truth, but there's there's a hierarchy of truth and what's worth, you know, what's worth getting censored over, what's worth getting the channel yanked over, and it ain't that topic I just brought up. So, anyways, back to the scriptures. That's enough from us. <laughs> We on a pretty big rabbit trail there. I'm sorry. So uh, just a you know reminder, we're talking about the 140. For those of you that just joined, it looks like there's quite a few of you in here now. Um, we're talking about the 144,000. They flee the shadow of this world, which is I believe is you know coming out of her, my people, which we see in Revelation 18. Uh, we saw a rise up stand. Behold, the number of those. This is the 144,000 that were sealed in the feast of Yahuwah. Again, why we wouldn't want to celebrate these feasts, I don't know. Which again are departed from the shadow of this world. We have departed from this world, right? And the world has nothing for us, right? Other than our family, loved ones, and the word, right? Uh, and our, of course, our brothers and sisters, which is is under the family umbrella. So they receive glorious garments. Uh, and we read, take your number, O Sion, and shut up of those of yours that are clothed in white, which have fulfilled the Torah of Yahuwah, which is valid, amazing, and just rules to live by. The number of your children whom you long for, it is fulfilled. Beseech the power of Yahuwah, which I believe also because the mixed multitude is with the 144,000, I really believe that this is the fullness of the Gentiles, uh, or at least a reference to it maybe, maybe not directly because – uh, the fullness of the Gentiles is, I think, the entire church. That's all the all anyone that believes, uh, in my opinion. But that's another rabbit trail. Beseech the power of Yahuwah that your people, which have been called from the beginning, may be hallowed. I, Ezra, saw upon Mount Sion, which we again we got a confirmation there because on verse thirty-three he was talking about Mount Orev, which is the same thing as Mount Sion, and again. 
we see in Revelation 14, and I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion and with him and 144,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads, right? So <clears throat> I, Ezra, saw upon Mount Sion a great people whom I could not number, and they all praised Yahuwah with songs. I, I'm assuming if you can see 144,000 people, I don't know that you or I can number all those, or this is the 144,000 with the mixed multitude as well. Not sure exactly how that lays out, but well, we also have to keep in mind that it's it's likely just like the uh, the when when the Israelites came out of Egypt, only the men were numbered, right? So there's approximately like I think they say three plus million that actually came out. Um, so this could be the same situation where wives, children go along with the uh, the one hundred forty four thousand. I agree. I really believe that. I really believe um, that the families do come. I really do. You know. Um, this is my one question, you know, because this is such a set apart people like this has been, th this moment is like one of the biggest in history. Like it's the, all the prophets were seeing this day when this happens, right? It's going to be an event that every eye sees hearts are going to melt people's, you know, I mean, everybody's countenance, everything's going to change that day. You know, my question, do unbelieving spouses go with, I you know, I was talking to someone about this and I don't know the answer to that question. I, maybe, maybe so. I hopefully so. Right. But I just don't know. And that's, you know, anyways, that's uh, that's a whole other subject, but anyway, either way, I agree that the families are with the 144,000, but they are set aside. And I do believe the 144,000 is the Joel two army, the army that says, you know, when a sword will go in them, you know, they will not die. Uh, they'll leap upon walls like mighty men of war uh, because it says very clearly, right? Ephraim is my bow, right? We are the 140, I'm sorry, the 140,000 are the force of Yahuwah. Right, right. They will go to war. And I don't know if you've ever read it yet, Justin, but man, a good read is the War Scrolls and the Dead Sea Scrolls, man. Just awesome, awesome. I, I believe it tells the battles um beforehand and it describes the armor the sword i mean psh, mm -hmm. we're talking about some we're talking about some decked out stuff here but no wonder i mean this is a people that he set apart from the beginning which you know this ties into the the nazarene thing in my opinion bro you know it's something that i've really been dwelling upon lately is you know if you look at if you look at the history of man from the beginning from adam and eve to now like imagine it's like a big tree right like a big family tree because everybody came from adam and so you got the tree growing you got branches and branches we know some were broken off and some were grafted in but if we are the end times remnant right and if we are the 144,000, or if some of us are the 144,000, right whatever regardless the nazarim are the branches right think right, of right. this huge tree mm -hmm. and he knew who was going to be the end times branches at the end and this goes in. This goes into um, what we've been talking about—the fig tree. When you when you see it put forth its leaves and bear fruit, right? Which again, bearing fruit is keeping his commands. Well, obviously, faith. We, there's nothing without faith. His faith, right? And obedience. And so, I just thought it was so poetic. You know, just thinking about you know, if we are that end times generation, which I believe we are, you know, we were the people that he was hoping for and searching for from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. He knew us from the very beginning of time and knew that we would come to him and bring forth fruit in our due season, fulfilling what the parable of the vineyard is, right? Which is yeah. giving the kingdom to those that will bring forth fruit in their due season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jubilees chapter one, uh, it's, it, it has the same, like a ton of prophecy just in the first chapter of Jubilees. And near the end there, 
Moshe is actually praying for the end times generation. And he calls us uh, the Most High's inheritance. He says right. that we're his inheritance. So, and then also the Nazarim, you know, we, we have to remember it also means the preserved ones. It also means the watchmen, and it also means the guardians. So uh, it definitely all ties together with the branches. Right, right. And anyways, I just, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, honestly, like it kind of gives me like warm and warm and fuzzies, you know, just like, you know, what if, what if we are that people that he hallowed from the beginning and was waiting for, um, you know, it says here in Ezra, uh, man, it's just so cool. It says the number of your children whom you longed for is fulfilled, right? Like, just so cool you know um also romans um i think romans 8 um romans 8 19 through 23 let me pull that up real quick i love this chapter all right let me do a screen share i'm not sure what version this has popped up right here but it says for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of god to be revealed Right. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, and so if you if you look at this in context, it, it's talking about. It also says in another version, "For creation waits with eager longing for the for the revealing of the sons of God." So you know, I, I really think that he also was talking about the same thing. So that is so cool. Um, I hate to jump ahead, but I, I really want to go over a scripture uh, in Ezra that really goes into all this. Um, uh, who have not tasted death. I, I can't remember if it's chapter five or six. It'll take me too long. Um, these chapters are so long too. Ezra's. Here we go. Yeah, Ezra six. And let me see where this is. Where this is. Yeah, here we go. And I believe this is also ties into what Paul was saying. I know a mystery. Not all shall sleep, but we all shall be uh, changed. Right. There is going to be a people that is protected, that is set apart. It will be glorified in the front of the others. Um, here we go. Check this out. So this is going all about the end times. I think we read this a couple weeks ago. And it shall be that whoever remains after all that I have foretold you, I'm sorry, foretold you, shall himself be saved and shall see my salvation and the end of my end of my world. So there is going to be a people that survives till the end, like literally survives the tribulation, right? Whether they're hiding in the woods or whatever people some people are going to survive right so this is group one they should so whoever remains uh shall himself be saved and shall see my salvation into my world right and so the same group and they this is the same group they sees another group they shall see the men who were taken up who from their birth have not tasted death and the heart of the earth's inhabitants shall be changed and converted to a different spirit for evil shall have be blotted out and deceit shall be quenched, faithfulness shall flourish, and corruption shall be overcome, and the truth which has been so long without fruit, right? We know what the truth is, right? The truth. Mm -hmm. Psalm 119, 142, the truth which has been so long without fruit shall be revealed. So there is going to be a people that are glorified in front of the other people. Like, don't make no mistake about it. All right. I'm sorry, you got anything else? If not, I'm going to go back to the... Actually, since you since you said that, I will, I will go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I figure... I I honestly figured I didn't think we were going to get past uh, chapter two or three tonight. So let's just, I, I really want to go through this book in detail. So anything, 
Yeah, this, is a, this is the second Baruch again. It's like, again, again, the men's study. We just finished this book, beautiful book. And then uh, uh, about six months ago, we had on Watchman Alexander. Awesome, awesome show. We might have him on again soon, actually. Um, but it, for two reasons, actually, Adam, because earlier you mentioned the four angels um, in Revelation 7 and how there was another angel who commanded them, right? Well, in second Baruch, we see the same exact thing early on in the in the chapter there. Um, this, is, this is Baruch writing here, and he says, And I was grieving over Zion and lamenting over the captivity which had come upon the people. And lo, suddenly a strong spirit raised me and bore me aloft over the wall of Jerusalem. And I beheld, and lo, four angels standing at the four corners of the city, which is the same thing we see in Revelation 7, each of them holding a torch of fire in his hands. And another angel began to descend from heaven and said unto them, so we have a fifth angel commanding them, just like Revelation 7, Hold your lamps and do not light them till I tell you. For I am the first sent to speak a word unto the earth and to place in it what the Lord of the Most High has commanded me. So here we see he actually, they actually pull out the, uh, the temple vessels along with uh, the veil, the holy ark, the mercy seat, and two tables and all of that. And they actually hide it uh, in the earth. And um, it's, the earth tells him to, to, he actually tells the earth to guard these things until the last times. And um, if you guys haven't seen the Copper Scrolls with Jim Barfield, uh, he believes he found these things in Qumran, which this is definitely worth checking out uh, later. But um, something you said, Adam, you were talking about, um, uh, what was the last thing you said? There was something else here I wanted to mention. Uh, um, it wasn't the, the branches thing, was it? That's no, no. Um, huh. I can't remember. <laughs> now, now I lost my train of thought because <laughs> the four angels wasn't actually what I was going to touch on, but you touched on that earlier. But there was something else you just said that I was gonna I was gonna hit. But essentially, we see. I think maybe actually, you know, what, Second Baruch. I think somewhere in the fifties or maybe thirty six or something. We see uh, the the revealing of of um, the children of Yah. And, uh, but I think we touched on that earlier already. So never mind. We can, we can push forward. Okay. Well, if you remember, just, if you remember, just, uh, just stop me. Okay. We're almost done with this chapter, anyways. Um, all right. Let me screen share real quick. Man, I do that all the time. <laughs> like, like, like on this train of thought. And it's like, bleep. What was oh, I later I'll go back and watch this and I'll, <laughs> all right. Like, oh, yeah. That's what he said. That's, <laughs> oh, well. All right, so just to review, I, Ezra, saw upon Mount Sion a great people whom I could not number, and they all praised Yahuwah with songs. So, again, this is uh, a mirror image of Revelation 14, and lo, uh, a lamb set on Mount Sion with him and 144,000, having his father's name. Uh, let's see what else I want to see. Uh, we've, we've gone over this in detail. They're not defiled with women. I, I believe this is not uh, defiled um, you know, spiritually. It says, come out of her, my people. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah, another thing. Another thing. Uh, it says that they are the first fruits, right? And uh, you know, remember how I was telling you earlier that uh, the hundred forty-four thousand are the bow, right? You know, it. It, uh, it also says that you know Ephraim is his firstborn, right? And and I just thought that was pretty interesting. Um, let's see. What else did I want to say here? Now I'm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. You know, he they're praising Yahuwah with songs. That's right. I was up at the, the top here. So the hundred forty-four thousand, uh, and right here they and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man can learn that song but the hundred forty-four thousand. 
which were redeemed from the earth, right? So definitely this is what we're talking about here. They're on Mount Sinai, they're praising with songs. No doubt about this, this is the 144,000. Now listen to this. And in the midst of them, there was a young man of high stature, taller than all the rest. Let's take a wild guess who that is, right? And upon everyone, upon everyone of their heads, he set crowns and was more exalted, which I marveled at greatly. So I asked the angel and said, sir, what are these? Right? It's the same thing we saw Revelation 7, right? <clears throat> what are these? He answered and said to me, these be they that have put off the mortal clothing and put on the immortal glorified bodies. Hallelujah. Man, uh, Justin, if you can remember that verse in Baruch that talks about the glorified bodies and what you can do with them, I think it's in the 30s. That's, that's actually what I was just thinking about. Sweet. I think it's 36. Um, yeah, it says we can actually we can change our appearance. I'll, I'll find that real quick. Okay, so I'll just finish this verse. And then, so Justin, what's awesome about Second Baruch, and the cool thing about Second Baruch and, and Two Ezra's, it was there, I think there were 100 years, no, were they 100 years apart? No. I don't know. They, they weren't very far apart. They were less than 100 years apart, their their, uh, their prophecies and our testimonies. That's right. Baruch was there when it was destroyed, um, and Ezra was there the last 30 years in Babylon and then came back. So I guess maybe they were like 70 years apart. I, I don't know. Forgive me. That's that's a, a rough guess. But anyways, he, he answered and said to me, These be they that have put off the mortal clothing and put on the immortal and have confessed the name of Elohim. And to the best of our knowledge, we know the name of Elohim is Yahuwah. Yahuwah. Some say Yahuwah. Some say Yehovah. Some say Yahweh. Um, I'm good with all of them, honestly. I really am. But just to the best of my knowledge and what has been shown to me, I'm, I'm open to being wrong. But I do believe the name is really important. So, and have confessed the name of Elohim. Also, obviously, we're confessing the name of Yahusha, which we'll see here in just a second. Actually, excuse me. This is what this is talking about. This is actually talking about the confessing of the name of Yahusha HaMashiach or Yeshua or Yehoshua. Um, and now are they crowned and receive palms. And we see this again uh, here in Revelation 7. Uh, they stood before the Lamb and clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. So again, no doubt this is what this is talking about right here. So did you find that yet, Justin? Yeah, I got it. It's Awesome. All right, I'm going to hand it back over to you now. It's actually Baruch chapter 51. I was way off. I posted it. On Facebook last week, actually, let me read this section to you real quick. It says, but those who have been saved by their works, and before everyone freaks out about this, let me go ahead and pull up James 2.24, which says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only, a verse that the, the church doesn't want to read you very often. Um, but those who have been saved by their works and to whom the law has been a, now a hope, and in the Sefer it says the Torah, and understanding and expectation and wisdom a confidence shall wonders appear in their time for they shall behold the world which is now invisible to them so to see into the spiritual realm and they shall behold the time which is now hidden from them and time shall no longer age them for in the heights of that world shall they dwell and they shall be made like unto the angels and this goes along with enoch and yeshua himself so that we would never we'll be like the angels when he's uh challenged by the pharisees in the book of mark and be made equal to the stars. And this, to me, I love this. It stands out so much because Abraham said his offspring would be like the stars. And they they shall be changed into every form they desire. Hallelujah. Let's get some hallelujahs in the chat. I'm sorry to be cheesy, but I mean, seriously. <laughs> like, uh, of all the things that we can talk about, you know, this is what we're waiting for. And 
what an amazing scripture that tells us what we can do with those bodies. Like who wouldn't want to know about that, right? <laughs> I, know. I know, man. From beauty into loveliness and from light into the splendor of glory. Look, and for there shall be spread before them the extents of paradise. And there shall be shown to them the beauty of the majesty of the living creatures which are beneath the throne and all the armies of the angels who are now held fast by my word, lest they should appear. And yeah, so just, man, first Baruch, I mean, sorry, second Baruch, chapter 51, amazing. I agree. Um, I wanted to pull this up real quick because we shouldn't be too surprised. Um, this is first John. Well, I love first John. I mean, it's literally, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, there's so much to learn from it, but you know, we shouldn't be too surprised, right? Because beloved, now are we the sons of Yahuwah and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, right? But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So it says right here, we shall be like him. We're going to be like Yahusha, right? Yep. He was like a prototype, was he not? And, you know, for for those that are glorified, right? So, again, you know, this is First John 2, verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. It's the best of our ability. And, you know, I wanted to also respond to that piece where it says saved on save on account of their works. Well, again, uh, what I, I meant to say earlier, what I meant to finish my thought on was second Ezra and second Baruch are so tightly uh, knit. You know, you can see the Holy Spirit like literally saying the same things. Uh, and actually the book of Jeremiah is, is, is the same as well. A lot of the same verbiage. Right. So this is uh, second Ezra. I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, but it's OK. Second Ezra chapter nine starting at verse seven, and it shall be that everyone who will be saved and will be able to escape on account of his works or on account of the faith by which he has believed will survive the dangers that have been predicted and will see my salvation in my land and within my borders, which I have sanctified for myself from the beginning. Then those who now have abused my ways shall be amazed. And those who have rejected them with contempt shall dwell in torments. Lord, Lord, open to us. For as many as did not acknowledge me in their lifetime, although they received my benefits, and as many as scorned my law, be careful out there. My goodness, there's a lot of people that are just angrily speaking against the Torah and the law of the Most High. Be careful, please, please. And as many as scorned my law while they still had freedom and did not understand but despised it while an opportunity of repentance was still open to them, these must in torment acknowledge it after death. Ouch. Therefore, do not continue to be curious as how the ungodly will be punished, but inquire how the righteous will be saved, those to whom the age belongs, and for those whose sake the age was made. Amen. Amen. Wow. And that's that's another good point, too. Um, we see that again, we see that in Second Baruch as well. He has a line of questions that he's asking. And, you know, essentially the angel tells him the same thing. He's like, hey, he answers a couple of questions for him. And then he says, hey, you know what? Don't worry about how the unrighteous will be dealt with so much. You should be focused on what the reward you're going to receive. And that, let that be your 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 focus, you know. And I, I think that's so important to us as well, because that's truly where our joy comes from, is this eternal knowledge, this eternal understanding of what's of what's coming, keeping that eternal perspective no matter what's happening right here, right now, this this life is a vapor, and we know what's coming. And uh, how can someone take that away from us? They can't, you know. Not even death. 
again, Romans 8 even says that, nor, nor rulers, nor powers, nor principalities, nor life, nor death, nor kings, nor anybody can separate us from the love of Yahuwah. So right, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and you know, that, that reminds me of the point I was making earlier about how Paul says, you know, no other foundation other than Yahusha will, you know, can one build, you know, and, and that goes, I think, hand in hand with that is it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what they can do to us. They can take away our jobs, our freedom, our life even. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. And I think we all have to get to a point. It's easy to say that right now, you know, but I think we all have to get to a point to where we are willing to give up anything. They love not their lives even unto the death. It doesn't say that we're going to die, right? But they didn't love their lives even unto the death. What does Yahushua say somewhere else? He says, uh, he shall uh, save his life, shall lose it, and he who loses his life for my name's sake shall, shall find it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, I, I just think, again, this is, this is my perspective, um, but it seems that what the scriptures are telling us is that we can make our decision to lose our life, so to speak, right now. Uh, for his namesake and and by by the scriptures explain that uh, as us being crucified with Messiah Yeshua uh, being dead to self dead to sin alive to Messiah um, you know laying down our lives as a living sacrifice for him he wants to see that we are willing to die for him and for some we can show him that we're willing to die for him right now by literally giving up anything and everything he asks to prove to him that we love him, that we, we we love his commandments, we love his instruction, we want to be just like him, or he'll make us prove it another way, uh, the hard way, so to speak. You know, like you, I haven't. This is this is kind of like Justin ad libbing here, but it's almost as if he says, "You haven't shown me that you're willing to die for me yet, so you're going to have to show me that you're willing to die for me, right?" In, in tribulation or something of that of that nature. And that's how we see those two groups in Enoch 50. Right. So, yeah, I mean, lay it down, give it up, man. Because when we lay it down and give it up now, the, the irony of it is it, we actually get that peace right now as well. So, and and I, just kind of to, to tag along with what you're saying, you know, it's like either shed it now or you're going to have to shed it in tribulation. Right. 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 Exactly. Either way you're going to shed it. And that's why in that Enoch passage we read earlier, it says, um, you know, group one will be glorified, right? Because they were ready. They made themselves ready. Group two weren't ready because of the works of their hands, because they weren't keeping the commandments. They they weren't keeping the Torah to the best of their ability, right? And, and, and you know, for those out there that you know don't understand yet, like we we can't we can't not one of us can literally fulfill all six hundred thirteen laws. We we said this before, but just because we know we always have new brothers and sisters joining us, people are waking up every day. Some of those 613 laws, some were just for women, some were just for men, some were just for Levites, some were just for farmers, um, you know, Judges. some were just for, for kings, uh, you know, so it's like we can't fulfill all those, you know, so usually when we tell someone about Torah, the, usually the knee-jerk reaction is, well, you're going to keep all 613 laws, you're going to stone people, you know, obviously we're not living in a community that is run by Torah. If we were, you know. Well, even even um, the Jews of the time of Messiah were incapable of actually uh, crucifying Yeshua without permission from Rome. So, you know, that there in lies a, an example of how when we're under the the authority and the, the bondage, so to speak, of another nation state, and right now we're scattered, we don't have, you know, we don't have the priestly 
uh, judge, judger, the judge judgments in the, the the temple, and we don't have the the ability to even carry out those type of punishments. Not to mention, uh, Yeshua gave us gave us. Uh, I think he actually gave us this calling to be more merciful, more graceful, and to turn the other cheek, uh, knowing that we're going to going in, be going into this time where, we're, you know, the judgment aspect is going to be reserved for him. And him alone, because he's the priest, and so he'll do the judging now. He'll do the the condemnation and the the um, you know the punishment now. And that's not our place to to do that according to the the Torah's original uh, system. When when the when the Israelites were all together, there is a difference in the way things work when the Israel is together and when they're in the land than there is when they're not together and they're spread out. So. Um, yeah, and, and the idea, like the point you made, Adam, 613 laws, people like to bring that up. You know, oh, you're going to do all 613 laws? Well, it's like, well, you know, there's 4,000 something laws in the United States. You know, you 20,000 20, just for just for guns. Okay, so, I mean, the question is, are you keeping all of those laws? And it's like, well, I try to, right? Most of the time we do. Most of those laws don't actually apply to me, you know, because there's <laughs> even laws for everything. Even speeding these days. <laughs> right, right. I used to never care about that like. There's yeah. laws for everything, and depending upon who you are, where you live, what state you're in, and what you're trying to accomplish, those laws, only specific laws apply to you then and there. And so what we should do is go and look at Yah's perfect, holy, and good instructions, as Paul called them, and see what applies to us now so we can change who we are and teshuva, repent, and change our direction. So that's why he tells us so plainly that sin is transgression of the law, because it allows us to see in black and white right there that whether or not y'all has a preference this way or that way eat this or don't eat that you know and you know we we have the ability now because of this revelation to see what he prefer what he wants for us you know so um yeah like adam said most of the laws per, the, the laws pertaining to a a man who's not a judge who's not a priest who's not a king uh you know it actually uh -huh. shrinks down to like 50 something Right. And of those, they those are all really basic it's stuff. We it's like stuff we would do naturally. Like you know, I think with our changed hearts, you know, like the law about you know if a man's um, donkey or or I, I can't remember if it's an ox or or a donkey. If you know they if you see it going astray, you know we're called to go get it and you know bring it back. Um, you know, it's it's just like you know today if 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 somebody's dog got out, you know, I think most of us would you know try to help you know or or just you know whatever like some a lot of this stuff is like basics like it's like it's you know just common sense stuff like if you just if you love God and love people, it this is you know this is how you you know and, and a lot of people like to say like you know all we need to do is love God and love people, but how do we do that? Right. And we've talked about this before. How right. do we do that? How we've been taught, you know, by Egypt or by Babylon, you know, by the, the, the tentacles of Babylon and the, the shadow of this world. Is that who we're learning how to love people from this, you know, this Hollywood romance, fake love stuff? Or how, you know, how does Yahuwah say we love? And that's what the Torah is. And, and a lot of it's just easy. And some of the laws are like so cool, you know, like they, like they he cares for people like, you know, I think it's Deuteronomy 14 or something. Anyway, somewhere in there. But talks about you know if they go to battle before they battle the com you know the commander you know goes out and says you know if anybody's just gotten married uh, you're free to go home uh, you know that way you know you can consummate the the marriage of the wife if anybody just planted a vineyard and hasn't eaten from it go home 
if anybody hasn't uh you know this is like this is great stuff you know <laughs> even you. If, even like it's <laughs> like if you're fearful go home because lest you lest you make your your the melt uh, the hearts of your fellows melt as well right right anyway yeah it's, it's and that's that's the important thing you brought up a really great point adam is like where do we get our understanding and definition of what things are and that's that's how my entire my entire calling started was with what is faith and as soon as i started to look at what the scripture defines as faith and i found out that it's not what the church has been telling me what faith is which is just like believing like a historical i, I believe historically that a man existed in a time and place and did something the, that that basic belief right that's what i was taught faith is and when you look in the scriptures you find out that's not what faith is at all like read james 2 read hebrews 11 read read what the lives of all the patriarchs look like and you see what faith looks like it's it's uh yielding your will uh, yielding to god's will instead of your will sorry that's what faith looks like and so when you find out that all these things are defined differently than than you would expect you have to uh, you have to obviously understand that sin is defined that way too that's why the scriptures tell us sin is transgression of the law because otherwise we would make up for ourselves what love looks like right we would decide on our own what what loving my neighbor looks like does it mean i need to you know wash this car every sunday is that what it, i mean is that what it looks like and the scriptures tell us plainly what it looks like exactly. it plainly what it looks like to honor your your parents and so exactly yeah. exactly so i gotta give you a little shout out with your article today because it really just it hits home even though i already know the content like it hits home like um which by the way christiantruthers.com blog this is a great one like honestly uh, it, the way I look at this, and I, and I know this is how Justin built it, is you can literally take somebody. This is like another Acts 15 moment where you know they were getting all these Gentile converts coming in, and like they had to like like set a precedence. Like, where do we even start, right? And so they're like, listen, before you can even come to our temple and worship, you know, and learn and learn the Torah, you got to stop these, you know, these things. You got to stop fornication. You got to stop eating blood. You know, such and such, right? And a lot of people say, well, that's where it stops. Well, obviously it doesn't because those four rules don't include murder. It doesn't include adultery. It doesn't include stealing. It doesn't include, you know, uh, the Sabbath. You know, it doesn't include anything, right? So that's obviously it was just an entry point, right? So what's really cool about this this uh, article, and I have, to give, I have to give you props, bro, is this is a journey, right, from literally going from the basic belief, like, like someone's like, okay, I believe in, in Jesus or Yahusha or Yeshua, right? Now what? This is a clear-cut plan. Right. And I think these words are really powerful. If we are saved by faith, what is faith? Like, that's such a basic question, but it needs to be asked because if we're learning what faith is by those that are learning of doctrines of men, right, and aren't Bereans themselves and don't really even understand themselves what faith is, right? Like, we need to understand these things. So, this is like step one. What is even faith, right? If we're saved by it, like, what does it even mean? How do we reconcile James and Paul, right? Right. <clears throat> you know, if faith is proven through actions, James 2, Hebrews 11, then what is Romans 6 through 8 you're actually saying? Like, this is really, really, this is really, really good, bro. You know, and then the next step, you know, we're saved by faith through grace. So what is even grace, right? Is it what the church teaches today? No, not even close. Uh, who, who was that pastor we really like with all that zeal that says, you know, grace isn't just a big hug, right? In oh, some yeah. cases, uh, oh, Eric Ludy, right? Yeah, that's, right, that's right. Yeah. You know, sometimes he's right. It is. Sometimes it is just a big hug and like, you know, saying, you know, just like we are with our kids. Sometimes they do just need a big hug and just forgiveness, right? But sometimes we, you know, we they do need those hard truths. But so point being is, 
this is uh, so um, it's so basic and important if we're saved by faith through grace what is even grace right mm -hmm. so anyways long story short this is a really good um really good path you know just even understanding like where the scriptures went um you know how, what does rightly dividing even mean who are, what's our identity you know Awesome, awesome, bro. This is this 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 article is from Yah. So any of you out there, if someone's new and they're like, you know, what do we do? This is like a super go-to. That was great English, Adam. This is a definite go-to as as even for the, some of you out there that may be new right now. Uh, this may be for you. Um, so uh, I want to put a link in the chat. Um, let me stop screen share for a second. I want to put a link in the chat for anyone out there. I'll try to remember to put it in the description box for those of you that are watching this as a recording. So anyways, I guess I'll try to finish second Ezra's chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went off on a really, really big rabbit trail. All right. So, but these are good. I like the rabbit trails. You learn so much in rabbit trails, I think, as long as you don't stay too, too deep in them. But right. Uh, so we were, we read about they were crowned, they received palms. Uh, and then here he goes. He asked, then the angel asks, "What young person is it that crowns?" It's interesting. It says a young person, you know. And I wonder, you know, I wonder when we're glorified. I, I don't know that I, there's any answers in scriptures. You know, what will we be like? You know, what age will we be like? I don't know. Interesting. But it says that Yahusha is a young person, right? So he said, "Ask what person, what young person is it that crowns them and gives them palms in their hands?" So he answered and said unto me, "It is the son of Elohim, whom they have confessed." in the world so are you confessing remember he says you deny me before men i'll deny you before the father right so earlier up here i said you know they have confessed the name of elohim elohim is the hebrew word for god right and we know that yahusha is god there's plenty out there that like to make slanderous videos about us saying that we don't believe that uh jesus christ or who we know as yahusha hamashiach is not god well we're here to tell you he is God, right? So he answered and said to me, it is the son of Elohim whom they have confessed in the world. Are you confessing him, brothers and sisters? Then began I greatly to commend them that stood so stiffly for the name of Yahuwah. Are we standing stiffly for that? And I'm on a rabbit trail before I finish. Actually, I'll just finish this last verse and I'll go back. Then the angel said unto me, go your way and tell my people what manner of things and how great wonders of Yahuwah Elohika you have seen. So standing stiffly for the name of Yahuwah. Again, in Revelation 22, those that get in, we see what? The name shall be in their foreheads. Don't let anybody tell you that the name is not important, right? Uh, so let's take a look at Malachi 3. I think it's 3.16. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Right, here we go. Malachi 3.16, then they that feared Yahuwah spake often to one another, and Yahuwah hearkened. Oh, that's interesting. I've never seen that before. Then they that feared Yahuwah spake often to one another. I wonder if that's what we're doing right now in the Marco Polo group. I don't know. Interesting. Seems like it. <laughs> and Yeah, right? I hate to like look at scripture and be like, is this us? You know, right? But, you know, this is end time stuff right here, right? And then Yahuwah hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared Yahuwah, and what? And thought upon his name, and that thought upon his name, mm. right? And so these people that thought upon his name, he says what? And they shall be mine, saith Yahuwah of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his only son that serveth him. And how do we serve him? 
his commandments, his Torah. That's right. Then ye shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth Yahuwah and him that serveth him not. So, wow. Wow. His name's important, brothers and sisters. I'm here to tell you, you know, it's important. His word says it, not me. His word says it. I remember, you know, first learning of his name. Um, I mean, it was only maybe a year and a half ago. And I, I was kind of sheepish about about using his name in prayer. I'm like, okay, I, I see on paper that that's his name. I see on paper that that's his son's name. You know, um, I hope I hope this is correct, man, because I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. You know, and I, I remember praying and just being like, Father, Yahuwah, <laughs> is that your name? <laughs> oh, we did similar things, bro. Best as I know, that's your name, um, and I I love it. You know. Tell me if I'm wrong, please. You know, like, and you know, I just, I just really believe that as I began to use it um, in my personal life, I just felt a deeper and deeper um, connection, like a relationship with him. And uh, over time, you know, I went through a period where I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna still use Jesus sometimes, um, and Yahuwah or and Yahusha or yeah, and Yeshua or whatever kind of synonymously and use both in the same sentence because I want people to know what I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm talking to people. And then over time, like even that, I was just like, over the last couple of weeks, I've become kind of like, but that's not his name. You know, I, I like to just say his name because that's his name. And I, I, I think that Jesus has become synonymous with a different idea of who the son of God is and what he came to do and what the Christian church says about him. I'm like, yeah, the Christian church's idea of Jesus is not even close to the same idea of my beloved Yahusha HaMashiach, you know? Um, and so it's almost like, it's almost become difficult for me, you know, but um, that being the case, that being said, I mean, um, I, I, you know, I, I came to this deep love and faith and hunger for the word under the name of Jesus. But, you know, I, I think what Yah was doing at the time was, was allowing me to speak in whatever terms I understand because he saw that I was seeking him and, right. and trying to grow, but he did quickly lead me to his name and how important his name is. And once I realized that I'm like, okay, I'm going to use your name. It's, you say that you like it. So I'm going to do it. Right. You know? and it's the same thing with like, did we come to him observing the Sabbath? No. Did we right. come to him keeping Torah? No. Did we come to him with a lot of different matters? No, but praise him that he showed us so that we can do the right thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I believe the name is the same thing. You know, if if it was properly translated into English, it would be what? Joshua, right? It wouldn't, wouldn't it be Joshua? Oh, yeah, technically you got a moth or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange that they chose to make Joshua uh, one name and Jesus another name when they both are Yehoshua in the Hebrew. It is strange that they decided to to change it that way. But And if that's how it happened, I think all of us would be cool with it. And be like, yeah, his name, you know, his name in, in English is Joshua or, or exactly, you know, however exactly would have been translated. Right, I right. think, be, But I think when we realized that there was deception and it was a purposeful move, you know, right. it's it's on to me, it's on the same level. But actually, this is way more, this is way more egregious. But remember, how we, we've talked about this so many times, you know, people 
talk about the KJV is the perfect, you know, perfect scriptures. It's, it's that, that's it. Like, you know, there's, there's, it's perfect. There's no inner errors, but then, you know, we look at stuff like Acts verse uh, 20 verse uh, seven, that the word's supposed to be Sabbath, but they change it to first day of the week, you know? And so we see this manipulation here. So when the truth gets revealed to us, why do we want to continue in error? You know, what is the, what does the Psalm say? David says, um, uh, there, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Therefore, I hate every false way. So if it's false, it's false. Psalm, Psalm 119, 104. There, though thy pre, through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So right. as we've continued, he's continued to show us more and more truth. And yeah, I think the name's important. And and as we've been reading tonight, and you don't even have to read outside of the 66, 66, 66 book canon, to realize how important his name is. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And um, if for those who haven't seen it yet, it, if you want to see a really amazing connection between Joshua, actually, and uh, Yahushua, our Messiah, check out this video uh, I did about five months ago, The Hidden Prophecy of Joshua Revealed. Great video. Uh, you're going to see, man, not only are their names the same, but his life was a foreshadowing of what Messiah came to do in so many ways. It's mind blowing. So just want to share that. Good call. Great video. Um, so, okay. We're, so we're two hours, 10 minutes in. Um, I, I, I had kind of had a feeling we wouldn't get past uh, chapter two. Do you want to stop and maybe just take a couple questions and, and just hang yeah. out with the chat a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna start doing this. So uh, those of you that are watching this, uh, you know, as a recording, um, the, I guess the, lessons over or, or you know the meat of this is over so we're gonna kind of just hang out with uh i'm gonna try to do this you know for those that are, are listening in uh, as a recording or our um uh, podcast which again the, if you guys don't know it's always in the description box we hate we do have a uh, podcast now where i've heard from a lot of you that um it's just more convenient for those of you that are like on the road or or whatnot uh podcasts are more uh, more comfortable for you so these uh i usually do them on sunday you know because after this ends it's, i'm shabbat and shalom and uh, so I won't, uh, I don't upload it to the, you know, <laughs> you, I know you love it. Shabbat and Shalom. That's, you, you, you copyrighted it. So I gotta give you credit, uh, but I'll upload the, upload these on Sundays. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then actually where'd my picture go? Yeah, right. Josh I was actually looking for my neighbor with, uh, Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. exhausted oh. here. <laughs> I gotta get my Shabbat and Shalom picture out. I usually have it on the desk here. Oh, I'm sorry. I gotta click you in. Okay. Oh yeah, Joshua Eller's wife made this for me when when they came to visit. I love it. Beautiful. Great people. Great people. I have seen. You know, it's. I think it's. I think it's good to lift up our brothers and sisters in front of the congregation. And you know, not just the gifts. You know, but you know, I don't know if, if this is supposed to be public. But you know, what what Amanda or what the Ellers have done, uh, what they're going to be doing for a sister of ours uh, is such a selfless act. You know, um, just this the fruits of this ministry um you know from the fellowship side which if you guys are new um christian truthers justin here uh, my partner uh, he handles the the fellowship side and you know they've got uh, we have marco polo groups where it's a, it's like a two-way walkie-talkie we can just do video chat back, back and forth there's uh, groups of 10 so if you are starving for some fellowship you need to jump over to christiantruthers.com fellowship and uh, just sign up the form. It basically just lets us know who you are, um, where you're at in your walk, what you're interested in learning. Uh, if you want to be part of the Bible studies, which four nights a week or five nights a week? Uh, there, I think there's there's now, let's see, there's three at least for the men's side. And 
and at least three or four for the women's side as well. So uh, almost every night a week, <laughs> there's a Bible study. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, if you get in one of the polo groups, I mean, that's like a, that's like a constant study, you know, and that's just, you know, uh, 10 other brothers or sisters that are just, you know, just, you know, love the father and, and, and love his, his only begotten son and just want to talk about him all day. So it's like, it's such a comfort, you know, for a lot, for some of us, some of us, you know, we have that fellowship in our own homes for some of us, not even close, you know, so either, or it's still great fellowship regardless, you know, so. Amen. Anyways, Amen. uh, Lynette Moody, thank you for using the Sefer and the true names of Yahuwah and Yahusha. Yeah, it's been, it's been heavy on our hearts, you know, because I, I, a lot of you all are getting the Sefer and I just, I felt awkward. You know, I'm like, you know, we're in our personal studies and in the Bible, in the Bible groups, you know, we're studying from the Sefer and here we are, you know, speaking with many and we're teaching from the KJV because we couldn't get the Sefer on screen. So if you just joined us, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, stream, uh, a lot of thanks to um, Dr. Pigeon who allowed us to do this, to allow us to uh, host the scriptures, which we're eventually going to get all the, all the scriptures on uh, the site so we can teach from that directly. Um, and, uh, thanks to Dave Courier for, for setting up the website for us. But, um, yeah, if you're looking for a fellowship, I mean, you've got to, you've got to join. Um, uh, it's 1114. It's what? 1114. Oh, is, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, let's see. I guess so we'll just open it to open up to some questions. Uh, Hakon Fisher, what was it that you were going to say during testing and didn't, oh, I, I, I asked somebody to remind me, and you did it. You are the man or the woman. Skills. Huh? Well, that's skills right there. They remember. Right? Um, you know who else is good at that? Uh, Dave Shearer. Dave Shearer is all, usually on point, too. reminds me. So, yes, um, I want to I want to read for you guys. It's, it's nothing huge, but it confirms for me that we will be with Yahusha. They're the set-apart group, the 144,000. Again, I keep saying we. Scripture is showing me that, that – that we could be all right. I don't, I don't claim to know. And you know, angel didn't come down and say, Adam, you all the 144,000. I want you to teach us. No, I'm just going by what we're reading the scriptures that it's the end time generation. It's people that have faith and people that are, they're following his Torah and that, that know his name. Like that's what I see. They confess him openly in the world and uh, stand stiffly for his name and, and depart from this world. So <clears throat> when we put two and two and three and four together, like this is what I come up with, but something interesting, that I believe the father showed me the other day. And I want to share that with you guys. Great on you, Hakon. Right, actually, I want to go back. You get a wrench. Use it, wisely. Use, it wisely. Use it wisely. Hakon Fisher. I, he's, he, he or she's been with us for quite some time. All right. So <clears throat> let's take a look at this. I want to read this for you guys. We're going to start at Revelation 21. So we must understand that New Jerusalem has many names. New Jerusalem, of course, Zion, Mount Zion, the Holy Hill of Zion, heaven. It's also called heaven um, and also called the tabernacle of God, the tabernacle of Yahuwah. So check this out. Check this out. This is so cool and gives me the most confirmation to let us, let us know that when this all goes down, that group will be set apart. So check this out. Revelation 21, start at verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, right? 
And I heard a great voice out of heaven, right? This is coming from New Jerusalem. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, right? The tabernacle of Yahuwah is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and Yahuwah himself shall be with them and be their Elohim. So we're seeing here the tabernacle of Yahuwah and this is our key word, the tabernacle, right? So check this out. This is during the reign of the Antichrist. Uh, let's see. And they, they, this is the world, and they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to cont continue forty and two months, right? So listen to this. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against Yahuwah to blaspheme his name, and check this out, and blaspheme his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven, right? So again, this tabernacle is also called heaven. So this is telling me that the tabernacle will be visible. Mm -hmm. This will be visible in out in the world, and he will blaspheme the tabernacle. So now this is where, now that pause. So that's scripture. Can't debate it. Tabernacle is there because what is he, blaspheming something that's invisible? No, he's blaspheming the tabernacle, right? So... This now, now here's Adam. This is this is my thoughts, interpretation. We'll just call it personal thoughts. So we know that Hollywood is has its propaganda program for many reasons. It's not just to lead people astray, but it's also to push narratives, right? Mm -hmm. And to hide the truth in plain sight. So why is it, right? Why is it that all these, all these superhero movies, right? Almost every single one, who is the enemy? It's either Yahusha or the Most High. Like, they're always looked at as, you know, these, this horrible outside force that has come to destroy the earth, right? And, and which it's true, he's going to destroy the earth, period. Like, that's happening. Believe it or not, that is happening. He's going to destroy the earth, right? But it's his righteous judgment, and it's his right. So they're always... So they're always looking as Yahuwah as the outside threat, and right, and a lot of times this outside outside threat is what alien, right? It's alien. So, you know, you look at movies like Independence Day, and you know all these other movies where what the world comes together, right, to fight this outside force. Well, I'm here to tell you that I believe that outside force is the kingdom of heaven coming down. I'm here to tell you that. Why? Why is there's you know why we've we seen so many like uh, it's been on you know mainstream news like holographics of cities in the sky right well i wonder i just wonder if that is what's going to happen like it's going to come down maybe not all the way down because jerusalem the land of israel needs to be destroyed it needs to be cleansed before it comes down and sets foot on it right maybe it's going to be hanging out in heaven or hanging out in the, in the clouds right made like a, like a lot of the propaganda shows right the cubes in the sky and mm -hmm. you know all, it's all it's all through our media right so again this is just me and, and just you know hypothesizing you know and we also see uh, verses like in uh thessalonians uh, i think it's thessalonians 4 16 let me just pull it up real quick actually uh is it first thessalonians or second thessalonians um uh, hang on uh or okay first thessalonians 4 17 right then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet Yahuwah, Yahusha in the air, and so shall we ever be with, with Yahuwah. So are we being caught up into this 
kingdom that's not all the way down yet? I don't know. Again, I'm just just hypothesizing, but it's very interesting. But but again, just off the scriptures, without my interpretation, without my thoughts, I see very clearly that New Jerusalem is going to be visible, and the Antichrist is going to be blaspheming it. And again, how is remember remember the speech by Ronald Reagan in the UN, the United right, Nations? Right. Yep. He says all we need, right, is an outside threat to realize how small our problems are, and we're going to come together. What do you see in the you know the 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 Marvel movies? What do you see in you know Independence Day movies? Right, the world comes together. This is Satan's kingdom coming together. This is Psalm two, right? Let me let me just read that Psalm two. I'll, I'm gonna I'll be quiet after this, Justin, um, and I'll let you let you have at it. No, man, I'm 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 just chilling, listening. Okay. Um, so again. Satan's going to have to gather the, the kingdom somehow, right? So there is going to be an outside threat. We are that outside threat. Yahuwah is that outside threat. Yahusha is that outside threat. I was, uh, for those of you that have seen the video I just put out today, Micah 7, right? It says the world will fear, right, because of Yahuwah and will fear because of you. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? What is this vain thing they imagine? Is this this alien deception? Do they think that we're some aliens, right? I'm, I'm just, again, I know that's kind of a weird theory, um, but there's a reason for the propaganda and for the for the alien deception, right? There's a reason for it. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against Yahuwah and against his anointed, Yahusha, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Yahuwah shall have them in derision, right? Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Remember I was telling you about the, the tabernacle, also called the holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree, Yahuwah hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, the same thing that we are promised that keep the word until the end. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve Yahuwah with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled for just a little bit. Bless all they that put his trust in him. So again, the point being here, I read a little too much, but I just love this, this psalm. Uh, the kings of the earth set themselves together, right, against him. They've circled Mount Zion to destroy it. So, anyways, thank you, Hakon. Uh, thank you so much. You reminded me to bring that up, and that's what I wanted to share with you guys. So, in any case, you still there, Justin? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. Okay. I'm just reading comments. Okay, okay. Um, I'll tell you what, I have got, yeah. So, again, a lot of that is my thoughts. So take it for what it is, but I think by the scripture it shows that New Jerusalem will be in the sky or here somewhere. But um, you want to take you want to take the chat for just a few. I need actually I need to use the restroom real quick, so I'll be right back. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, what's going on? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll try and answer some questions quickly as long as they're not like super deep, long winded answers. I'll try and shotgun some out for those who you who are still hanging around. Um, all right. What's going on, Singing Bird? How you doing? Joe Decker, Psalm 119, Lynette Moody, Yahusha's disciple. Yes, aliens or demons, in my opinion. Amen. Cloud9 reality. Hi, how you doing? 
which verse says that Yahusha is going to destroy the earth? Uh, it says that the heavens will roll up like a scroll and the earth will be destroyed. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Let me pull that up for you real quick. We escape Jacob's trouble. Uh, you know, we believe that the 144,000 will be escaped of the escaped of Israel. Um, and so I think that we can. Uh, uh, but I, I, and that's, and that's my opinion. I, I think that Jacob's trouble is synonymous with the tribulation period. Um, so based on our understanding, there's a, there's a group of people who will be set apart from that and a group of people who will endure that. Um, so Revelation 21.1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. So that's kind of where the idea comes from. There's many more scriptures in that, but that's just a quick and easy one for you. Uh, Sunday worship, many believe, is worshiping the beast. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think that's a, a fair, uh, a fair assessment. Honestly, I think that's definitely connected. We see that there's a mark of Yahweh connected with people who keep His commandments and do His word. Uh, what, in my study of all the apocryphal books and in the canon, we see how dramatically important it is to Him. Those that keep the Sabbath, um, keep it holy. Um, and, you know, this, we're, we're already seeing also a connection in scripture where there's some kind of correlation to buying and selling and the Sabbath. Somehow those things are connected as well. And I think if you looked at, look at that understanding with kind of an inverse perspective, we can see that those who keep Shabbat on the appropriate day cannot buy or sell because they are keeping Shabbat. And those who are not keeping Shabbat can buy and sell. So those who would have the mark of the beast not keeping Shabbat would then obviously be allowed to buy and sell because they're not keeping the commandments. So I've, I've heard that perspective. I see that perspective. And I hey, I think it's a pretty pretty decent thing to look for um, as we move forward because, again, there already is Sunday laws, believe it or not, that are already being uh, pushed. I think um, France is toying with one. Um, and I know that I, I can't remember which council it was, but some like United Nations council was talking about uh, something to do with enforcing a, a Sunday law of, of rest of some sort as well. I don't, I don't know where that, um, where I read that, but that was floating around a couple months ago. So I thought that was nuts probably six months ago, but now I think that it's definitely a possibility. Definitely should keep Shabbat. That's all, that's all I can say about that. Um, Yes, seven pattern, Matthew twenty two forty. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen, amen. So let me show you something real quick. It's called the 613.info. And we're going to demonstrate exactly what you are saying with this awesome website. If you guys ever want to go check it out, it's called the 613.info, which demonstrates how all the law and the prophets do, in fact, hang from those two uh, commandments to love Yahuwah and to love others. So you can click on any of these categories here and you can actually go in and look at what the law, what laws hang from those two laws and how, how we can be taught what it means to love Yahuwah and what it means to love our neighbors simply by going through and clicking on each of these different little nodes here. And it gives you the, the scripture references as well. The 613.info for those of you who haven't seen that yet. 
Awesome. Uh, just, oh, I don't know if you're, if you're, if you're moving on to another point, I, I saw someone asking about the Marco Polo groups. You want to show them real quick where to go? Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who would like to join the Marco Polo groups or, or Christian Truthers Fellowship, navigate to christiantruthers.com forward slash fellowship, which I'm putting in the chat right now. Um, and you can go, you'll feel free to watch these videos. Uh, Sister Jessica and Brother Jeremy gave a little Marco Polo testimonials. This is literally what it looks like when you use Marco Polo on your phone. You get to send these little video messages back and forth. You get put into a group with 10 other people um, and who are all like-minded and all on fire and all looking for fellowship from all different kinds of age groups. All you gotta do is navigate to this website here, fill out our, our quick little application. Uh, it's gonna ask you two or three questions. Do you believe, of course, in the Messiah? Do you believe that we should uh, keep his applicable instructions of Torah? And just a couple other questions about what you're interested in. We have uh, youth groups, children's groups, um, weekly Bible studies via Zoom, and of course, daily interaction through the Marco Polo app, which is amazing. So come here, uh, fill out the application, submit it, and then one of our communications directors, Joshua Eller and um, our Peaceful Haven Amanda, both of which are in the chat right now, We'll get back to you and and give you instructions on how to get plugged in, and I'll tell you what group you're in and get you all set up. And it's, uh, I have, uh, I mean, they, they can speak for themselves. Some of them are in the chat right now. This thing, this fellowship has just, uh, I can't even, I can't even begin to tell you how much of a blessing it's been to every single one of us who's been involved in it. Just having that interaction takes us from being scattered to gathered in just the click of a button, and it's pretty amazing. Awesome. Thank you, bro. Uh, someone was asking in the chat about how to keep Sabbath. Um, I'm going to put a link in the chat. We did a, uh, this has been a couple months ago now. This has probably been, uh, gosh, four or five months ago now, but we did a, a, whole, a whole live stream on the Sabbath. So um, way too many things to, to say here in just a few minutes. Uh, someone else had asked, how many how many are in the Marco Polo gr uh, groups now, Justin? Roughly? So uh, Joshua, oh, yeah, he just saw. Josh. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you can ask. He can answer that better than me. Last time I checked, it was 515, not including the the Polo leaders. So maybe they can give us an update. Yeah. So again, this has just been honestly such a blessing to to fellowship with you know brothers and sisters and uh, just have some fellowship because some of us don't get any, uh, not at home, not at work not with our friends. Um, so, you know, give it a, give it a chance. This is, this is, uh, man, this is what a lot of us need. Oh, let's yep. see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Do we yeah. see second Exodus as the rapture? Um, yeah, pretty much in, in a sense. Would you say pretty much? Yeah. Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing I'll say that that may go against that is uh, we were reading this, I think, last week or the week before. It's Ezekiel 20. It talks about how when he gathers them, he gathers all the believers, but only the um, those that obey him get through. So I don't know. That, that may be the, the remaining people. I'm not sure. Um, but in a sense, it is an exodus. It's an escape out of out of captivity. I mean, if you don't if you don't understand that we're in captivity right now, um, I'd really look into some of the truth or topics to understand that you know that we live in a modern day Egypt. 
which is in the clutches of Babylon. Babylon has her tentacles and, and everything. Um, Justin can tell you, you know, can your can your mind be caged at birth? You know, yeah, I think so. And and you know, we are in a uh, a type of uh, slavery. Um, you know, especially considering the you know what we're working for, we're working for a worthless piece of paper that's you know worth nothing. At least back in the day, you know, they worked for like gold or silver or something that actually had some value. Um, it's it's such a horrible paradigm. You know, it really is. It really is. Really is. So yeah, again, again, it's it's like an exodus, and it's like fleeing Egypt and the plagues and all that. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of types and shadows uh, that go along with that. Um, so there's 661 of 655 of you in here now, and uh, we only have 295 likes and four dislikes. So uh, if you're here, if you're awake still. Um, you know, I, I had some people that tell me that, you know, they, they fall asleep to these things, but <laughs> if you're here and you're awake, uh, please, uh, take literally like four seconds of your life and maybe even two seconds of your life and go over and hover over the like I like this or the, I dislike this and click one of those. And then if you're really, f you know, feeling, uh, sassy tonight, uh, that's the wrong word. If you're really feeling adventurous, um, go ahead and click the, the share button. Uh, we could, we could use some help to get these messages out. We want to. <laughs> We want to gather the bro the brothers and sisters together. You know, this is uh, this isn't the gathering that you know Yahusha is doing, but there's a there's a gathering of the end times remnant that we need each other. You know, uh, was it Hebrews ten twenty five says, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together." So since we're spread across this beautiful flat plane of, of an earth that our fathers made with uh, with pillars, so that it cannot be, cannot be moved with the dome firmament and the sun and the moon traversing inside of it, um, we're spread all over that that. Uh, uh, the face of the earth, as he says. And so we're gathering online. Amen. Amen. Yeah, earlier, uh, Justin McRoberts, you asked about uh, biblical marriage and um, whether or not a pastor or marriage certificate from like the government has any application to Torah. Um, you know, I, I would say no. I would say that if you look at strictly scripture, um, I would say no. It now, I, I, I don't want to give you a final answer on that. It's something we should deeply study together. But what I see is uh, we see that a, according to the word, a woman um, who is still living with her father cannot actually give herself away. The father has to give uh, him. He has to give permission to give her away uh, because she belongs to him, literally. Um, and so an agreement is made between the, the groom and the father who gives her to the groom and it's consummated by, you know, the, by sex, of course. Um, and that, that's the consummation of, of the marriage right there. Um, now we also do, we do see wedding, um, wedding feasts and things like that in scripture. And so there is this idea that people would come together and celebrate this, uh, this event. Um, but in terms of whether or not, you know, uh, the United States of America and, you know, an evangelical pastor need to need to give you the ominous dominus and tell you it's good to go. I, I would, I mean, that's, it's going to be easier for you guys if you get married in America to, to get the paperwork done just for whatever reasons, you know, but um, in terms of if, if you're, if her father's made you a, a, a promise, so you've made him an offer, you guys have come to an agreement and she's been, you've taken her as your wife and you've consummated it. I mean, in my opinion, you're married. Um, so, yeah. 
in a lot of in a lot of senses also you know and, and a lot of us were egregious with this you know but in a lot of senses I, I also believe just sex in general is marriage you know did did solomon literally get married to 700 wives or did he sleep with 700 women i think it's a latter i, I really do especially since it is the it is the intercourse that does uh, consummate a marriage right so Anyway, just yeah. uh, just some just some thoughts. The only the only hesitation I have on that because I I do agree with you um, that there's something there. The only hesitation I have on that is we see um, like for example, Abraham, uh, he took he took his wife's handmaidens, um, a couple of patriarchs took his wife's maiden, and um, they didn't become his wife though. The the maid still belonged to the wife, um, and so you see situations like that where. Yeah, like David had had wives in one category, and then he had concubines in another category, um, and even that even that whole uh, situation with concubine and what what that really means, people don't people tend to misunderstand that that quite a bit too. It, when David had all those concubines, he was actually doing them a favor. T typically, um, concubines were were widows. Or people who couldn't get married or couldn't find a husband or whatever, he was actually doing them a favor by giving them the opportunity to carry on their own family name. Um, so, in a sense, he would actually have been a really nice guy for taking these these widows in uh, and taking care of them, which we're commanded to do in Scripture as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm not even sure that he actually slept with all those people, you know, um, as so much as he was more concerned with taking care of them. But we do see a, a separation between wives and concubines. And because of that, I don't know if maybe that's it. Maybe that was the separation, Adam. Maybe like they were concubines until he slept with them and then they were wives. I don't know. But maybe from, from tradition, I've read that a wife had a higher status than than a, 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 a you know a handmaid or a concubine. So something is something's distinct there. And I don't and I don't understand that perfectly. So right. Interesting. Yeah, interesting point. Uh, let's see. Anything else you want to maybe wrap it up or? Yeah, I'm ready to, to, uh, Shabbat and Shalom. Shabbat and Shalom, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll say look, good for us. We went through two chapters and two Ezra's, but I kind of had a feeling, I kind of had a feeling we wouldn't go far because I knew I was going to, uh, I was going to interrupt so much. Um, but there's just so many, and that's a testament to this book. There's so many connections with the scriptures you can see how it's literally intertwined and you can see that a man can't make this up a man can't intertwine this book the way it is and and again we know it was included in uh so very many highly regarded um you know volumes of scripture uh, as in the the 1611 king james the 1520 1599 genevas the, the tinsdale uh so you know I, I don't i don't there's there's no doubt in my mind you know again with books like adam and eve we had to test those things line by line because you don't have that kind of reference to where it's like Oh yeah, it was in the it was in the KJV, so it's good. Or you know, found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's good. But again, and what we'll learn, I'm kind of giving up a little bit of info. But for those of you that have been following the channel, you already know this. Um, this very book in chapter in chapter uh, 14 tells us that when Ezra restored all the scriptures, that that my cat my cat has his claw caught in my shorts. I'm sorry, I'm trying to help you. He's always clawing me, and he gets his claws caught in my shorts. Anyways. Um, yeah, I'm wearing, I'm wearing shorts underneath here. <laughs> uh, I gave it away, but, um, anyways, in, in, um, in Ezra's chapter, second Ezra chapter 14 tells us that 94 books were written and only in Yahuwah only commanded 24 of those to be public. Well, go figure. 
uh, it's no coincidence that the the Hebrew Tanakh, the Old Testament, um, became 24 books. In our versions, we have 39 because it separates books like First and Second Kings, whereas in the Tanakh, it's just you no know, Book of Kings. Same thing with Chronicles. Um, the 12 prophets are one book, you know, in, in the Tanakh. So anyways, you know, everything came to pass as it was supposed to. But here we are now when things have been unsealed um, and, you know, the remnant are rising up and these scriptures are giving us the understanding that we need to know to, to what to do, to, how to go forward. Because as we see in this book already, just in the first two chapters, how many times did it talk about the commandments in Torah? Like five, six times, right? Anyways, I think you're muted. I don't know if you're trying to talk, Justin, but you're oh, yeah. saying, yeah, yeah. Amen, man. Anyways, so I guess we can go and wrap it up. I just want to say shalom to a couple of y'all out there. Um, oh, someone had a super chat earlier. I missed it. I'm sorry, um, but thank you. Uh, of course, we've got uh, David Shear. Oh, what's going on, Singing Bird? What's going on, Sister? Psalm 68. Uh, Mary Ann, your urgent regurgitated Gibson. Wow, that's a that's a mouthful. God's messenger, child of father, Dan Samga, Jason T, vegan love endurance. I hear you, <laughs> Alyssa Holmes, Jamie Cramo. What's going on, Jessica Lynn? What's going on, sister? You guys saw Jessica earlier with the um, the Christian Truthers Fellowship uh, page. Awesome testimony, my goodness! If nothing else, just go to that page and check it. Check out her test. Or it's not her testimony, but it's her testimony about Marco Polo. Spirit, spirit filled lady. Uh, Karen Hart, Joe Decker, Yahusha's disciple, Mister Highlander four hundred. I said, I love your name. <laughs> Servant of Yah, Dottie Best, Kelly, Fit Coach Marshall, Psalm one nineteen. Always, always, just lavishing the chat with the best scriptures. Thank you for what you do. Sister Jennifer, Cloud9 Realty. What's going on, sister? Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your support. Dustin Lombardi, Joseph Smith. The Joseph Smith? <laughs> Anna Ezra, great name. Uh, Lori Tijerna, Tijer, Tijerina, right? right. Lori Tijerina. Rebecca Hammond, Dottie Best. What is going on, everybody? Anyways, just can't wait till we're all together, gathered. Uh, what's going on, Mark Tagua? I see that. I see the super chat. Thank you. Um, anyways, Ray Perkins, what's going on? Christian truthers. I see you. Yeah. You see me in there. I see you in there. <laughs> yeah. Someone told me that David didn't have concubines, but second Samuel five thirteen says he did. So I just wanted to post that. Nice. Oh, Timothy Williamson pops out. What's going on, bro? You may have been here all this whole time, but I didn't see you. So Timothy, you'll be here. Timothy's staying with me for like a week, um, coming out to Passover. Can't wait, bro. Last time you came out for what some time, it was it was great fellowshipping with you. Amen. Which I have to thank Timothy in front of everybody. Timothy, thank you. Timothy helps me a lot behind the scenes um, with Facebook and and messages. I just I just I can't keep up. So Timothy, thank you so much, bro, for all you do. Thank you for all the moderators in here. Uh, thank you, Melly, uh, Melania, Fearling. Thank you. Uh, Ray, I think it was 2 Samuel 5, 513. You know that number. Anyways. Uh, Bowman 82. What's going on, Mark? I haven't seen a, a boom Shabbat Shalaka Laka. Oh, he on. gave us two or three tonight. 
Oh, did he really? Okay, yeah. I didn't see it. I've learned. I can't. I can't look at the chat because I really want to pay attention to what you're saying so that we can have like a you know good dialogue. And I noticed that the times where I'm like looking at chat, I'm like, what? <laughs> What'd you say? Oh man. Well, I just want to see it. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have closing prayer until I see a Shabbat Shabbat or boom Shabbat Shabbat. There it is. Boom Shabbat. Lacha. Shabbat alaka. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna get a boom Shabbat alaka t-shirt just for right. Roman. Uh, man, I want to get that. I still, I don't know why I still haven't got that shirt. The Obey Yah. That's a cool shirt. Oh yeah, I should get that. Trevor Duba, what's going on, bro? I see you here almost every week. And Joe Decker, welcome back, y'all. Anyways, all right. So we're gonna go. We're just. We're just. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go and wrap it up. I'm sorry, I'm just reading some of these here. Vegan love endurance. Team Natsareem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap her up. As my cat is trying to climb on me like I'm a tree stump. Hang on. Chill out. <laughs> Chill out. Actually, come here. I want to show you to everybody. He's grown a lot. Come here. Come here. You guys remember him like he used to be like a little baby. But this is Kitty. Uh, we've given him a lot of names, but we just always go back to Kitty. Um, he's super cute. He has his his bow tie. I love this cat, but he always tries to climb me. All right, Justin, any final thoughts before I wrap it up with us? Uh, no, thank you, moderators. As always, you guys are beautiful. Yeah, um, just awesome good to see all your your faces again or not your faces but your names in the chat at least uh every week you guys not just the moderators but all of you it's just such a blessing as usual to to spend our, our friday nights with you guys so thank you for joining us and uh we look forward to seeing you again and for those of you who want to again stay connected make sure you jump into the fellowship but other than that shabbat shalom and uh good night awesome 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 oh and just one last thing i just have to plug it um New video is uh, about Micah 7. I'm going to do some more of these. I don't know if you guys enjoyed this. or if, For those of you that saw it, I don't know if you enjoyed it or not. But I think I'm going to do some more of these. Um, I, I really enjoyed literally just taking an entire chapter out of scriptures and just putting visuals behind it that are relevant to today. You know, if it's, you know, if it's a prophecy about today, which Micah 7, like the entire chapter, it's like our story, you know, from beginning to end. Um, you know, as far as like the, the world we live in, our walk, those around us. Uh, our redemption, what we're waiting for. Super cool chapter. If you haven't seen this, um, I had a lot of fun making this. So I'm going to be making a lot more of these just short videos that literally, literally all this is, is bringing in a chapter out of scripture to life, but with visuals, that's all, I've, that's all I did. And I, I think it came out well and I really enjoyed doing it. So I think I'm gonna do some more of these, but, uh, if you guys end up watching that, just give me your feedback. If, if that's a style you like, um, because I really felt Yah put that on my heart uh, when I was in prayer. Like I just saw this, you know, chapter come alive, and I was like, "All right, let's do this." And so, anyways, I had to uh, had to plug that. So, all right, <clears throat> we're gonna wrap it up with prayer, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Heavenly Father Yahuwah, we just come before you in Yahusha's name, and we just like always, we just first and foremost just thank you for. Waking us up. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins and for a lot of us, our egregious sins. We don't deserve your mercy. And we just thank you so much for pulling us out of the world. As the scripture says, no one can come to Yahusha unless the Father draws. So we thank you for drawing us to your only begotten Son. 
And we just pray that you continue to refine us and to, as Hebrews says, you know, you chasten and you refine your children. Because if you don't do it, then we're bastards. So we we welcome it because we want, like Justin said earlier, we want to be conformed to the image of your son and to be like him every day. And we just pray that you continue to increase our faith and help us with our walk as we want to walk perfectly before you, knowing that we're going to stumble, but pick us right back up, Father, and let us learn a lesson and just continue to be refined in your ways. And I just pray for myself, for Justin, and everyone in here that you show us what your will is for us. Speak into our hearts, speak into our minds, put within us what each and every one of, what each and every one of us is to do because we know this is one body with many parts and we all have a different job to do. And so I just pray that each and every one of us are walking in that will and just pray that you know we continue to be with each other, edify, build up, and be prepared for, for your coming because what a day that will be. And as your word says, in that day, we will say to you nothing because it's just going to be so amazing. So we ask all these things and we, we just bless you. We glorify you in Yahusha's name and whom we love, who we trust, and who we want to follow with all of our hearts wherever he goes. In his name we do pray. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, amen. Brothers and sisters, thanks for joining us. If this is your first time, subscribe here to the Parable of the Vineyard. Uh, click the bell icon to be notified. Do the same with Brother Justin at Christian Truthers. Uh, if you go to my homepage, there is a list of recommended um, Christian Truthers is on there, as well as many other channels that I do recommend if you're looking for more channels. But with that, we thank you for joining us here on this Shabbat. And uh, uh, as long as it's Abba's will and that we have this platform, we're going to be doing this every Friday night at uh, the sixth day at uh, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we look forward to seeing you next week where we're going to continue uh, right at Second uh, Ezra's chapter 3. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shalom.